Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. On a busy weekend of motorsport, endurance racing brings the world together. And it's VIR being testing out racing cars, racing drivers, engineers and all kinds of components since the late 1950s. Laid out in a huge area of green pleasant and rolling countryside in Virginia it is still three and a quarter miles of some of the best racing tarmac anywhere in the world hello everybody in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre I'm John Hindoff Jeremy Shaw is alongside me and Shea Adam will be in the pit lane bringing uh, the global sports car community together in sound and vision and on XM uh, Sirius XM 207 as well as around the circuit here at VIR. A race this afternoon that is the final of the sprint races. The sprint challenge uh, will be decided this afternoon. It could be decided very early on uh, because of the points situation. The overall GTD championship could be decided this afternoon as well. That's a little more complicated. As for the circuit, action areas and overtaking spots, certainly down at turn one. Then follow my leader a little bit up through the snake and the climbing S's to turn 10 over the top of the rise. Possibly an opportunity at turn 12, not much breaking there. Certainly into turn 14, which is the top of the roller coaster before you drop down through the hog pen at turn 17. But there are plenty of places that you can make mistakes and certainly lose some positions. No big runoff here. If it's green, it's going to be greasy and slippery. And with the rising temperatures here, the track temperature now 104 Fahrenheit. That is 32 Celsius. Uh, the Sorry, 40 Celsius on the track. 32 in the air. That's 90 uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, that is going to make things very difficult indeed for the Michelin tyres. Drivers reporting the track is a little bit greasy. Madison Snow will be leading off for the champions elect in the Sprint Cup category, Paul Miller Racing. It's Antonio Garcia in the Acura, in the, excuse me, in the Corvette, in the Lexus, the Pro Lexus, that's Jack Hawksworth, he thinks he's got a nicely balanced car in that number 14. And in the 16, that is the right Porsche. A little further back than Ryan Hardwick would like to be starting. He's down in the uh, 16th position overall. Heart of Racing, Aston Martin. They've been on a good run of form recently. And their AM or their GTD car, the number, uh, GTD Pro car, their number 23, will start on pole position. Ross Gunn, his first position, pole position earned in IMSA competition. And those cars on their warm-up lap at the moment. Jeremy Shaw, this one, with a bit of luck, will have plenty of green. And what we're going to see is plenty of flat-out racing around this beautiful Parkland circuit. Well, we certainly are. I mean, these cars are very, very closely matched. 
Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, particularly Jack Hawks with that uh, Vassar Sullivan Lectors car number 14 has looked really fast this weekend. As we talked about it a while ago, they had a little bit of a problem in qualifying, but he, he had set the fastest time of the week before that. Uh, but he's going to start at the back of the GTD Pro Field. Can he work his way through? If I'm going to talk, I better turn my mic up, haven't I? Uh, shouldn't I? That was, uh, I wondered why I couldn't hear myself. Two hours and 40 minutes then on the clock. Uh, new safety car uh, for this weekend is the GT3, the 992 Porsche 911 GT3. It is basically a road-going version of the 992 Cup car. Double wishbone front suspension, six-speed manual gearbox or the DSG take the three pedals you know you want to 510 horsepower or thereabouts from the flat six normally aspirated four litre engine is that the best modern engine that Porsche has produced oh that's a tough one but it's got to be right up there and in that bright yellow will not uh, miss that one and as much as I love the look and the sound of that car with its centre lock wheels and its Michelin Pilot sports tyres I really hope we don't see it again for the rest of the afternoon because that will mean that we've had two hours and 40 minutes of green flag racing. Not beyond the bounds of possibility here with a very, very deep field. 18 cars, five at the front are all GTD pros. That's where they're qualified. There's no class split here. Paul Sitter for GTD on the outside of row three is Russell Ward. And he heads 13 GT Daytonas in that Winward Racing Mercedes AMG GT3. Stand by for action as we're ready to go green. Beautiful pace being set by Ross Gurney. Gets the hammer down right in behind him. Matt Campbell has dragged through in the Porsche. But Bendham waving the green flag. And the Faf Porsche is in the second place for the moment. Big dive down the inside by Hawksworth as he comes into turn one. And he's taking the lead in... GT, uh, but he's made up a position rather in uh, GTD Pro. No, actually he hasn't. I thought he'd gone through there on the BMW, but Conor de Filippi just blocked him out. The Corvettes had a terrible start. Tonio Garcia, who got banged around a little bit earlier on uh, in the week, but enjoying his time here at VIR. So it's first part of the job done, Jeremy, for Ross Gunn. First earned pole position in IMSA competition. Played that one like the pro that he is. He certainly did. And uh, so did Matt Campbell right behind him. He was virtually glued to the rear bumper of that Aston Martin as they took the green flag. And he's able to, because of that, able to sneak ahead of Antonio Garcia at the first corner. A little bit farther back down the field, I noticed that Jaden Conright in the uh, NTE SSR Lamborghini, car number 42 managed to sneak ahead of Frankie Montecalvo as well in the Vassar Sullivan Lexus. So uh, a little bit of shuffling of positions on this opening lap. The opportunity was the cars are bunched up to make those positions side by side, the Carbon Lamborghini and the number one of Madison Snow. And we can now say, oh, off uh -oh. for Jaden Conright. He's got uh, gone off at the top of the roller coaster, turn 14. 
Now, the car was slewing sideways as he pulled away, but I don't think he's hit anything. I think that was just a lack of grip on the green stuff. Green slippy, grey grippy, as we said in our Porsche. Keys to the race at Michelin Countdown to green. But I don't see any damage. I think he stayed out. Yes, he has. Adam tells me that he's gone by on the front straight as we're keeping an eye on what's going on at the front of the field. So Madison Snow then in third position, and we can confirm now that by starting the race, our first champions of the season are Paul Miller Racing. Didn't get the car for Daytona, so couldn't do the full season or indeed the Endurance Cup. Prioritised the Sprint Race Championship and they have hit their target and won that championship. We'll get a word with Paul Miller with Shea Adam as the 42 is touring around at the moment in the early part of the lap. We'll keep an eye on that while Shea talks to a champion team owner. Well, Paul Miller now. Paul Miller Racing has won every applicable IMSA championship for GTD. The overall championship in 2018, the Endurance Cup in 2020, and Sprint Champions now. How proud are you of this organization? You know, it's it's a fantastic testament to the work these guys have done. And uh, uh, I'm very proud of them, obviously. Uh, but we, we have a great team. And uh, so what can you say? <laughs> You can say congratulations and job well done. Well, congratulations to everybody here. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Very rare that we get Mr. Millet to talk to us, but you could hear by his tone of voice that he was smiling a lot there as uh, his team has completed the trifecta of championships and, in fact, will be the uh, last winner of the Sprint Cup. That goes away next year and they are the only team to have won all three versions of the Emsa WeatherTech Sports Car Championship crowns. Nice little set of trophies back mm. at the race shop. Uh, looked like Jaden Conright uh, went straight on at turn 14, Jeremy. Now that yeah. car had braking issues earlier on in the week when Jaden was bringing it down to the paddock for its first practice session. Uh, we're hearing the car is on fire now. So that car out on the circuit, we're hearing the car might be on fire. If that is the case, then we might see that bright yellow car. They had braking issues earlier on in the week as he picked up some debris. The leaders have not passed him yet. So, and we're still under green. Where has he got to? Because he was traveling very, very slowly. Shit, I yeah, I did. There was, definitely a there was definitely a mechanical failure of some sort in that car, and Jane did a sensational job to keep it off the barriers there at the uh, at the top of the roller coaster. He was uh, got a little bit lucky as well because there just happened to be a gap where he could get through be between the other cars that were just ahead of him. But boy, that was a scary moment for Jane. He was able to continue around. Uh, and then I think when he got down to turn one again, he realised that problem was uh, was still there. Yeah, Jeremy, he was he was two, through turns two and three, but I think she had him. He shortcutted it in the back of the paddock. That was really smart. That's exactly right, John. He paid attention to Bo Barfield's driver's meeting earlier and learned the orange overlaps and the ways to safely get back to the paddock. Well, he did, and he stopped just outside of one of the tech tents. The officials were there to meet him on the uh, golf cart as well as his team with fire bottles. I do not see any black smoke, so that's the good news, but that car probably not going to be rejoining. 
Well, that's bad for them. They've worked really hard to get that car into the race. I say they had brake problems very early on in the weekend. Uh, and Shea Adam has more on that. Shea, go ahead. Many thanks to the team for letting me know. There was no issue of fire. They brought the fire bottles just in case it blew the motor. Oh, really? Well, very bad news for them. What a horrible weekend uh, they've had. And bad news for the IMSA uh, diversity scholarship winner from last year. Jaden Conright won't get to race this weekend. Great looking car as well. We'll take no further part. That's the number 42 NTESSR Lamborghini Huracan. So it's really annoying that, Jeremy, isn't it, when you work so hard for a weekend and you don't even complete a full racing lap. Yeah, really, really disappointing. But as you say, the crew works so hard on these cars to make sure they're uh, as uh, finally fettled as they can be. But, you know, every now and again, there's going to be something that kind of slips through the cracks or whatever manifests itself in the early stages. And that's what happened there for Jaden Conrad. So very disappointing uh, for him. And, uh, you know, I know he was he was super confident having a really strong car here this weekend. The Lamborghinis have looked good last few races, particularly the Carbon Lamborghini, car number 39, which is uh, still running now in the fourth position. Um, and uh, Jaden was really hopeful of a good, strong result here leading into the final couple of races of the season. See so if we can get a word with Jaden when he gets back to the pit lane. He's normally uh, very good about having a chat with us. So drama early on, and we're down to 17. At the front of the field, Ross Gunn has managed to eke out a half a second lead. Doesn't sound much, but in the big scheme of things, that's handy uh, at the moment from Matt Campbell in second. He made the best of the starts of the five GTD Pro runners. Tonio Garcia in Corvette shuffled back a wee bit, but as we covered to fourth position ahead of Conor De Filippi and Jack Hawksworth biding his time, those separated by just on two seconds. Russell Ward is another two seconds further back for Winwood Racing. He leads the uh, GTD section of the race in the number 57 black and blue Mercedes AMG GT3 with Aidan Reid for Rick Ware Racing in the multicolour but mainly sort of purple. Uh, number 51, Rick Ware Aston, uh, Accurate, excuse me. BMW and Paul Miller Racing in the number one car. How appropriate. They lost their normal number 48, of course, when the Ally Cadillac uh, came to play a season or so ago. But uh, they've carried that number one with great pride and uh, they have earned it again this year. That's your top three in GTD, separated by not very much at all. As we're settling now, Jeremy, into uh, the race pace, sitting around the early to mid 147s, exactly... I think where we thought it would be, a couple of seconds away from how they qualified yesterday. Yeah, and uh, we're still a long, long way away from the, the, the lap record here in, in race trim for GTD. We set back, back in 2017, different tyres, different, lots of different things back then. Uh, last year's fastest race lap was a 145.0, but you know it's, it's pretty darn warm out there today, so I wouldn't expect to get anywhere near those track records, though. Uh, they'll be looking to have the consistency now. Antonio Garcia has just uh, set the fastest lap of the race uh, overall, 147.198 in the, the third place number three Corvette. Also, Robert McGinnis was just at the best time in the non-pro category at a 147.4. It's Jeremy Shaw. He's alongside me, John Hindorf, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. We've had 10 minutes of racing. Let's have a quick 
VP Racing Fuels update. Uh, John Potter is in 17th position for Magnus Racing. Rob Furry, old team, hard point, and number 99 car in 16th. Ryan Hardwick for Wright Motorsport in 15th in the blue and black Porsche. Cooper McNeil in the white with red and blue stripe 79 WeatherTech. AMG is in 14th. 13th of Vassar Sullivan, number 12. That's the black and yellow car. Robert De Angelis has the 27 Heart of Racing Aston Martin uh, in 12th position. That's seventh in class. Now into the top six uh, of GTD. Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport wearing the Lickman Molly colours on the 96 this year. Fifth is Mike Skeen for Tim Courtoff in the 32 car, the silver and black car. Uh, Robert McGuinness, the car bomb with Peregrine. You can't miss that one. Dark grey with the bright green highlight stripes on. That's the 39 in fourth. Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing in the BMW number one, the Total uh, Machine in third. Second, Aidan Reid in that mainly purple uh, Acura SNSX and uh, Russell Ward in the black and blue 57 leads as far as GTD Pro it's Aston from Porsche as they go across the line from the bright yellow Chevrolet Corvette from the BMW and black and red from the black and yellow Lexus which is right with Conor de Philippe now that's your top six yeah. uh, top five 23, 9, 3, 25 and 14 at the front of the field in the VP Racing Fuel in race update and a dive down the inside by Hawksworth that was being set up Jeremy coming on to the front straight he stalked his way back to Conor de Philippe pulls off the move at turn three into four that was a really nice move there by Jack Hawksworth I was just about to say I thought he, his car looked really fast he was kind of bottled up there behind Conor de Philippe ruining that problem in qualifying where there was a, a left rear suspension bolt came loose somehow on that number 14 car so he wasn't able to replicate the times he had set in the earlier practice session but he was confident he had a good car uh, he was less confident to be able to make passes around here but he, he judged that one perfectly and up now into fourth place for Jack Hawks with the car number 14. The other Lexus however Frankie Montecalvo he also struggled a bit in qualifying not showing much better pace in the race either down in eighth position at the moment in car number 12. Yeah been an odd one uh, that but uh, plenty of time to go as we said in our Porsche keys to the race it will be a couple of regular stops for these cars they can go 50 55 minutes 2 hours and 40 minutes on the clock well you could break that up what's that so that's 120 uh, plus 40 that's 160 would it make sense to break that into three equal parts? Sort of, if you can do that. Uh, we've seen that work before. The slight fly in the ointment, Jeremy, is that there is a minimum drive time across both classes for each of the drivers that they have to hit, otherwise the car's not classified. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, that's you're not going to want to stop, uh, uh, make a pit stop earlier than 40 minutes in any case. It's not really that much of a factor, I don't think. Um, I don't think it'll pay it into too much. I think even if you just do 40 minutes, the next driver can just about do uh, an hour on each of the stints, or certainly close to it. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's... Uh, uh, it, but it is certainly something to pay attention to. Uh, new fastest lap of the race, by the way, by our race leader, Ross Gunn. 146.895 that time around, only fractionally quicker than the other two who are pursuing him. But uh, that is still a new benchmark there in GTD Pro. Through goes the hard point car, climbing 
through the S's now with the lodges on the left-hand side. What a wonderful place that is to spectate here. Hello to everybody listening to us around the circuit. Sirius XM one at uh, 2007 this weekend and around the world, of course, in sound and vision. IMSAradio.com. Video for you on the live video tab at the top left. If your bandwidth challenged or out and about, can't watch the video, then go to the right-hand side, hit listen live. RS2 is where you want to be. That's where we always are. That is the home of IMSA Radio. There's something on there, 24-7 and 365. New fastest lap of the race for Jack Hawksworth, who's warming to his task. And possibly, Jeremy, that uh, literally as well. Uh, it is quite warm out there. 100 Fahrenheit on the track. That's uh, 38 Celsius. Uh, it's, it's right there in the window for the the Michelin tyres, but you don't want to be pushing too hard too early when the car is very heavy, and it looks to me as though Jack Hawksworth was just coming into a sweet spot of performance for him, the Lexus, and his Michelins. Yeah, so uh, you know, he, he's right. He does have the pace in that car. He closed in half a second on those three leaders on that last lap. It's going to be another couple of laps or so before he can get himself right onto the tail, perhaps, of Antonio Garcia. But, you know, historically... For Lexus, tyre wear, rear tyre wear in particular was an issue, but they worked so hard on that over the last several years. This Fastest Sullivan team have made big strides in looking after their rear tyres and, and working in conjunction with the drivers as well, make sure they don't have too much of a heavy right foot. Corvette versus Porsche coming down to the top of the hill that leads down at the final corner it's called the roller coaster if you've ever driven a car down there you will absolutely understand why Antonio Garcia has Matt Campbell in his sights Matt Campbell along with his teammate Mathieu Jaminet the Aussie and the Frenchman have impressed Porsche management enough for them to be handed an opportunity with the new Porsche GTP car the 963 those cars running uh, after Petit Le Mans at uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta along with GTPs from BMW, Acura and Cadillac. We'll bring you some news from that test over on our sister service RS1 and Midweek Motorsport in the coming weeks. Of course we will have full coverage of Motul Petit Le Mans for you when we get to that uh, last weekend in August, uh, last weekend in September, first weekend in October, with coverage starting from Thursday. And a special midweek motorsport on the Wednesday from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre in the Michelin Tower, overlooking the start and finish line at the raceway. Always a pleasure to go back there. Another great natural terrain, road circuits, where drivers make a difference. Top four out yeah. of the Oak Tree corner. Conor de Filippi and the BMW drop back just a little bit from the leading four in GTD Pro, Jeremy. Yes, he has. He dropped back by uh, well, more than two and a half seconds in just two laps after Hawks has got past him. So 
clearly doesn't seem to have the speed in that car at the moment. But uh, look, he'll be well aware of the fact he doesn't want to burn off his tyres. He wants to keep that Michelin rubber in good shape towards the end of the stint as well. And uh, he, he certainly won't want to lose too much ground, though. But he can stay within two or three seconds and keep those tyres working at their at their optimal performance level. Then you know he can he can maintain that pace and perhaps close in again before the pit stops and perhaps he's saving a little bit of fuel as well out there in that fifth position meantime in gtd russell ward's not getting away from uh, aiden reed the gap between those two is around about a second and actually aiden reed yeah. has just set a new best lap of the race in gtd uh, a 147.3 for the australian in that second place column of 51. and that's why that gap has come down Robbie Forley and Bill Orbelin driving together again this weekend for Turner and the Liquid Molly car. He's staring at the back of Mike Skeen's number 32 team caught off Motorsport at 6th and 5th in GTD. They're just going up through the snake now under the bridge and heading into those uphill S's. Really, really cool part of the track to drive. I remember my first ever laps here uh, thrown the keys to a Porsche 911, one of the then IMSA ELMS Vitesse cars, and uh, told to go and do a course closing lap in close formation. And, and you said, to... must I? And I? Oh, really? Do I have to? And I was... Uh, I had to stay in close formation because I had no clue where the track went, Jeremy. So if I'd lost <laughs> lost sight of the car in front of me, I would have been really in trouble. Yeah, I mean, look, there are several places on this on this track where you know, sight lines are a problem, aren't yeah, they? Because there's so many blind brows here. It's a it's a it's a real challenging racetrack, no question. Yeah, I had to uh, stay in behind a Corvette that was being uh, uh, driven with. Uh, some gusto because it was a course closing lap and we were all doing no more than two car lengths between you it's a lot of fun and thank you patty and jason for letting me do that it was patty i was chasing at the time who is a particularly uh, good peddler patty hughes uh, two hours and 20 minutes to go so that is what we've had 20 uh, we've had uh, 20 minutes so halfway, getting on for halfway through the minimum drive time, but nobody thinking about coming in at the moment. As Roskun still leads out, the battle between Tonio Garcia and Matt Campbell hasn't really ignited yet. It's been bubbling, just simmering. And Jack Hawksworth holding a watching brief. Reminds me a little bit, Jeremy, this of the early rounds of a of a world heavyweight boxing fight. I feel we're seeing a little bit of sparring here. Um, nobody perhaps showing their hand too early on. They'll be burning the fuel off, getting the tyres into the right sort of area, but no need to throw it away at this part of the race. I, I completely agree with you there. Uh, and uh, I think there's some fuel save going on here yes. as well. They, they want to stretch this fuel load so they can get to an hour. That'd be great. Just gives them more of a window in the latter stages of this race. So, you know, they're going to be kept, they, they've been careful at the moment. 
Uh, as you say, I think, uh, I think you described it absolutely perfectly there, John Heindhoff, because there's no one is pushing absolutely to the limit at the moment. As I say that, uh, Russell Ward actually sets uh, the best lap in GTD. The leader extends his lead finally, well, a little bit finally, over a Aiden Reid in second place. 147-1 then for Russell Ward is a GTD leader. Yeah, and the reason I say that is not just the lap times. I'm just watching how... I was talking about precision driving earlier on and, you know, doing the demo laps. It is almost as if they are staying three or four car lengths away from each other, making sure there's air getting to the radiators, uh, making sure they're not right up underneath somebody's tailpipes and rear wing. Um, and at this point in time, they're all... I think you're right, Jeremy. I think they're all hitting fuel numbers. And I, and I wonder, perhaps, if the BMW just burned a little bit too much earlier on because... Having dropped back by two and a half seconds, he's sitting at about 2.7, 2.8. He hasn't dropped back any further. That's kind of De Filippi that I'm talking about there. Indeed so. And his lap time last time around was pretty much identical to the race leader, Ross Gunn. So, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's set, kind of settled into a rhythm here. Uh, is, is That last lap that Colin De Filippi... Di Filippi turn was less than half of a tenth of a second away from his fastest lap of the race. So again, good rhythm there, good uh, consistency. That's what you need at this stage in the race. It's a little bit different in GTD where Aidan Reid and Russell Ward are trading fastest laps. It's Russell Ward in the 57 Wimwood race at AMG GT3 who has that at the moment. They are having a little bit more of a battle. Although it's opened up to about a second and a half now. Just three tenths further back, Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing. And then another second and a half to Robert McGuinness in the number 39, the car bar, the dark grey with bright green stripes on that car. So just a little bit of uh, ducking and weaving, jabbing perhaps, but no big overhand punches, no haymakers being thrown just at the moment. Does seem as though the Fav Porsche is just closing in a tiny bit on Ross Gunn, though, but no real, well, not what I would call a proper opportunity to pass as yet. As Aidan Reid comes through, he's dropping into the clutches of Madison Snow, and it's almost two seconds back now, Jeremy, from Russell Ward, who is driving his own race but uh, dictating the pace in GTD, 47-1, the best for Russell Ward. Uh, just around about three-tenths of a second away from the best GTD Pro lap. And indeed, his last uh, lap was a 47-5 against a 47-5 of the leaders. Kind of underlying, uh, underlining, Jeremy, what we're seeing there about people pacing themselves in these early stages. Yeah, that, totally agree. And uh, just, I'm just looking, there's a nice little battle developing towards the back of the field, actually, GTD. Uh, Cooper McNeil is running in a ninth position in column of 79, but he's got Ryan Hardwick right behind him. And Rob Ferriol, having dropped back a little bit in the hard point number 99 car, has now closed in on that little, uh, to make it a three-car battle for that position, 79, 16 and 99. So hats off there to, to Rob. He's got his, uh, you know, he's got a good rhythm going there. He's edging away, just inching away a little bit at least he was until that last lap, over John Potter in the number 44 Magnus racing Aston Martin I wonder how much uh, playing into the mindset is 
the, the championship and where we are in the championship. One big race to come after this one, the 10 hours of Matul Petit Le Mans at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta in, uh, what, just about uh, a month's time. And you don't want to go and have to rebuild a whole car if you've totaled it either. Good points here are great. And the championship might still be open to you by you get the time you get there. Our other Porsche keys to the race, track position and pit stops. They kind of play together. When do you take your pit stops? What strategy? Is it two tyres, four tyres? Are you going to play the safety car game if the safety car comes out? How far through your stint do you have to be before you consider doing a top-off to extend your uh, to extend your run? Uh, all things that we'll keep an eye on. Shit, Adam! Uh, hearing us talking about what's going on has been quizzing some of the GTD Pro teams about the pace of the tactics early on here at VIR, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Michelin GT Challenge. They're not in a fuel safe because they wanted to be in a fuel safe from the start of the race, John. It's more as tire deg. And as the tires hit their peak and started to wear off after qualifying, that's why we've seen the pace drop down just ever so slightly from GTD Pro. They're making the best of the situation. That means that they are now in more of a fuel safe mode, trying to elongate the stint. But everybody looking at hitting that minimum drive time of 40 minutes still, that's the main focus for both GTD Pro and GTD. And then we're going to see a flurry of pit stops as people want to get off these qualifying tires. It was hot yesterday during qualifying they got abused then they're being abused during the start of this race too that's a very good point here very good point thank you for asking the question and thank you to the teams as ever it's tactical of course it is but uh, throughout the years that i've been working here in the imsa paddock got to say that we've had great access from our pit reporters and indeed from jeremy and myself when we're allowed out of the Haggerty Global Broadcast at Centre and uh, always good to have a chat with these teams and if you're here at the track this weekend you will know what sort of access you have if you're planning already the date for next year is out it will feature the new VP Racing Fuel Sports Car Challenge which is LMP3s and GT4s on the track at the same time for a 45-minute sprint event, two of them, across the weekend. So start planning your return visit to beautiful VIR now. And if you're within a reasonable drive of Brazelton, Georgia, and you haven't done it already, I heartily suggest that you start thinking about Motul Petit-Lemon and the finale. We're going to set it up rather nicely with the final uh, short race of the season for the GTs and the GTD pros and we go into the season ending 10 hour race on that uh, last weekend in August, first weekend of September, it is going to be an absolute belter uh, John, what are you determined as, as reasonable? <laughs> yeah, well, yes good, <laughs> good point good point Look, yeah, uh, it's, uh, just look at the, the, again, the lap times of Leeds, the last uh, Six laps by by Ross Gunn at the lead of this race have all been within a tenth and a half, basically. I mean, really consistent uh, pace been run by the Tata Racing Aston Martin. The Englishman there just doing exactly what he wants to do at this stage in the race. Uh, Jack Hawks just slipped back a little bit on that last lap. I don't know whether he had a slip somewhere or, or not, but 
you know, the, the, everybody, I think, would be pretty happy with where they are at the moment. And the, the fifth-place car, Conor Di Filippi, he's just turned his best lap of the race to, to get within two seconds once again of Jack Hawks, who's, who's running in fourth. So now 30 minutes down. And this early part of the race, everybody very cagey. As Jeremy said earlier on, you can make a mistake here that has quite big consequences. A little bit of a miss of the apex going into the first part of Oak Tree there by the Mike Skeen-driven Court of Motorsport. Carried a lot of speed over the rise through 10 and up into 11 and 12. And that's just compromised his exit from Oak Tree a little bit. They still call it the Oak Tree. The Oak Tree's been gone many, many years by lightning of course I'm pretty certain you can still buy souvenirs which uh, include a bit of the oak tree here at the track in the uh, the circuit souvenir shop it's the oak tree pub I think isn't it yes it is yeah, yeah. absolutely Jeremy yeah so now we're starting to see things close up in GTD Pro with Ross Gunn staring at the out of his uh, rear view mirror at the plaid front end of the Porsche and then it's the Corvette then it's the Lexus Conor de Filippi uh, still sitting just about 2 seconds 2.3 seconds uh, behind that top quartet staying out of the way driving his own race in clear air because of course all of these cars have very similar performance the, there'll be a lot less lapping and in fact, with the leaders coming up to Oak Tree now, John Potter is already through turn one. So that's pretty much the field spread out in, in what, half a lap in terms of the, the lap length, if not in the lap time. It's uh, 45 seconds between front to back. So actually yeah, that is just, just under half a lap in time as well. So it will be a wee while before these cars, if everybody carries on and does what they need to do, and pit stops notwithstanding, it'll be quite a while before we see any lappery going on. So again, that's going to cut down the opportunity for one of those uh, opportunists manoeuvres that we often see. But what we're seeing here, Jeremy, is real pace being set. Um, uh, the pace of the cars, all right, slowed down a little bit, but we're seeing the relative strength and weaknesses of these cars. And uh, this, as I said, this is just the opening stanza. Yeah, there's still a fair bit of sparring going on here. I mean, they could go quite a bit quicker if they need to or want to, I think, at this stage in the race. And, uh, you know, all of them, I think they're just try trying to trying to save a bit of fuel. If they can take on a little bit less, less fuel than everybody else at their final stop, Maybe they can leapfrog somebody and, and, and make a position there in the pit lane. Clearly, it's a lot easier to make a pass in the pits than it is out on a racetrack. And because they're not pushing absolutely to the limit right now, uh, the, the, there are very, very few mistakes being made out on a racetrack. Uh, and what Jeremy's saying there about putting on extra fuel and why that's important, you can change your driver uh, and uh, certainly two and possibly four tyres in well inside the time it takes you to put pretty much a full tank of VP Racing fuel in these cars. Uh, so 
you're sitting there waiting for the fuel probe to come out. That's the determining factor on how long you're stationary in the pit lane. So if you can save a couple of seconds worth of fuel fill, that's a couple of seconds. That's a real couple of seconds that you're saving on your rivals in the pit lane that might take two or three laps for you to make up uh, out on the circuit. So if you can be a little less heavy with the right foot, if there's a bit of lift and coast going on here, a little bit of short shifting on the gears, not taking it all the way up to the last little blue light on the dashboard to change up. Uh, then that could pay massive dividends hmm. uh, in that last pit stop. And that's what Jeremy's talking about there. Hearing from Shea yeah. Adam, Jeremy, that there is some activity on the wall of the car bomb with Perrigan Lamborghini team, the 39 car. Uh, just one tyre there for Robert, Robert McGuinness. So perhaps uh, thought that they have a tyre going down. So we'll keep an eye on that with Shea in the pit lane. Sorry, Jeremy, I interrupted no, I was just going to say that uh, Rob Ferriol must have made a mistake uh, somewhere in the middle sector on that last lap because all of a sudden he lost seven seconds to that battle that he was having with Cooper McNeil and Ryan Hardwick. So maybe it was up an oak tree turn. I don't know where it was, but somewhere on that lap he had a, uh, a whoopsie of some sort and he's dropped back. But uh, who hasn't dropped back is Colin Filippi, who's just turned his last lap was just seven thousandths away from his best lap of the race and he is closing in now on those top four cars and uh, you know pit stops uh, they're still a little ways away yet i mean probably 20 minutes away from for another pit stop but again like i was saying earlier on he's quite happy to slip back a little bit uh, in the very early stages but he wants to be right there or thereabouts when it does come time for the pit stops Shit out of down in the pit lane. Uh, what's going on down at Carbon? Well, for Carbon, it was an instance of them having a left rear tire up on the wall. They then called the IMSA officials out to ask if they could go to the far wall in between the track and the pit lane to look for any damage. I went out there with them. I looked as well. I didn't see anything. They've got their refueler up on the wall still, but we are getting very close to making it to minimum drive time. So if Rob McGuinness can hang it out out there until they are able to bring the car into the pit lane, they'll get a much better idea of what kind of damage is on the car, where it came from, and how to fix it really slowing him down Jeremy if uh, there is something they may have seen something on the data from the cars of course uh, that comes to the pit wall you can have data from pits to cars but not from uh, from cars to pits rather but uh, can't make any adjustments over the air from the pits to the car you can't talk to the driver though and yep. the, these cars are incredibly sophisticated in terms of, of data I remember looking at a relatively Julia Formula car a couple of years ago, the Renault Clio Cup over in the UK, and that was more data. They were, they were t taking in more data at a greater and a much greater sampling rate than we were when we were running the uh, Celine S7Rs at, uh, at uh, RML, Real Malik Limited, uh, a few years ago in the, uh, the equivalent of the World Endurance Championship in here in IMSA and that seems like five minutes away to me alright I know it's 20 years before anybody says anything yes I know but uh, even so these cars yes they are based on your street cars and I know they're called uh, the GT3s um, but my goodness me Jeremy these are proper race cars particularly the new BMW which is built uh, to take account of the new GT3 regulations which was potentially see cars uh, similar to this going to Le Mans in uh, three or four years' time. 
Yeah, indeed. So there's certainly a huge amount of interest in GT3 and or GTD. They are synonymous yeah. uh, in, in around the globe these days. I mean, they're, they're, they're great cars. They're readily available. You can get parts nice and easily. Uh, they're not cheap. No racing is cheap, but they're you know, mod, mod, moderately well-priced. Um, maybe you and me, but uh, you know, it, it's, it's relatively affordable racing in this day and age. Just look at these various things going on here. Rob Ferriol... I wonder whether he might try to make a pass on Ryan Hardwick because Hardwick fell back a little bit from Cooper McNeil just a couple of laps ago. And it clearly incensed Rob because he's just turned his best lap of the race. Uh, in fact, <laughs> two, best, two best laps of the race in the last two, two, two times around. Uh, also, uh, you know, uh, Jack Hawksworth has uh, as, uh, been closed in again now by Conor DeFilippi, who's within a second or just about a second. So that gap is, it was out to as high as 2.9 seconds from uh, Hawks with in fourth position and Colin Filippi in fifth. It's now just around about one second. So that sort of gives a, a little bit of uh, credence to what we were saying earlier on, that nobody is on the ragged edge here, Jeremy. And, and in fact... You know, the spectators around the circuit are watching what we're watching as well here at the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. The, the body language of the cars don't, doesn't suggest that either, particularly in, in GTD Pro. It is a bit follow my leader at the moment, but uh, it, it just suggests to me that these cars will be evenly matched and we're not seeing how quickly they can go, but that means there's some racing still to go in these cars and that they are being saved for later on in the race. Uh, we will have had, next time around, the 40 minutes. Now, I don't think the GTD Pro... Uh, oh, it's 45, of course, isn't it? Not 40 here. So, 40 minutes this time by. Uh, so, it's going to be another three laps, Jeremy, before that 45-minute minimum drive time is up. Do you see the GT Pros coming in straight away and putting their second drivers in, or will they go all the way to the end of their fuel? It might be different between the Pros and the GTDs, I, I think. It might be different between the Pros and the GTDs, and I think you know, where, where your, your second driver is significantly faster than they will be in at the earliest opportunity. I'm thinking here particularly Cooper McNeil, Ryan Hardwick, uh, Rob Ferriel, the, the guys at the, to, to the tail end of the field, I would expect them to come in at the earliest opportunity, John Potter, don't know, he's having fun out there at the moment. So Andy Lally might have to wait a little while. Uh, this wasn't part of that uh, that Magnus Racing Team's original programme for the season. They were just going to do the uh, Michelin Endurance Cup, just the four long-distance races, Daytona, Sebring, Watkins Glen, and Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. But uh, they wanted to do some testing before uh, the Motul Petit Le Mans. Uh, but unfortunately, with the with the lingering effects of 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 the pandemic and everything else and materials not being available, Michelin doesn't have enough tyres for everybody to go to do as much testing as they would like. So they weren't willing to, well, they weren't they weren't willing to allow some tyres to be used for testing. But if you want to go race, yeah, we'll give you tyres to go race yeah. with. So that's why Wranglers Racing is here. Uh, and uh, you know, Andy is certainly grateful for that opportunity. Uh, you can't knock Michelin for that. If, if, you, you know, if you're having, uh, as everyone is, we all know this, if there are shortages and material shortages and supply shortages around the world 
you have to prioritize the people who want to go and race. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody uh, up and down the paddock has a problem with that. I want to check in with Shea. Uh, we are a couple of minutes away from this 45-minute. Shea, what are you seeing? Jeremy and I can talk about it. Uh, we're watching the cars out on the, on the track, uh, thanks to our camera operators and those up in Charlotte who are feeding us the pictures back here to VIR and the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. What are you seeing on the track? I see a BMW right ahead of me. It's a white one with Liquamoli on it. Oh, it's Turner Motorsports. Uh, nice of Robbie Foley to come say hi. He is staying aboard this Turner Motorsport BMW. Fuel and four sticker tires. No opportunity yet for Bill Oberlin to climb aboard. He's actually sitting up there looking rather leisurely. So Robbie Foley will be double stinting to start this race. The BMW is already a very cushy car to drive as far as the air conditioning is concerned. So Robbie, happy to stay aboard for this one. As we wait on the fuel as far as the gtd pro category is concerned all of those second drivers are getting ready for their stints john edwards is already helmeted and waiting to climb aboard the number 25 bmw we've got alex Ribeiro taking his cooling vest off to climb aboard the 23 heart of racing aston martin jordan taylor getting ready to relieve antonio garcia from starting duties in the corvette and we've got matthew jaminet who just took off a t-shirt put on his long underwear to go underneath the fire suit and he will be putting on his helmet soon too as well and i saw ben Bartico smiling as he was zipping up his fire suit Getting ready to put on his helmet so as far as pro is concerned driver changes all around that's interesting yes it is interesting john and the and the the, the, the thinking here for turner motorsport is uh, robbie foley is fast these days he, he he's learned so much from working bill, with bill Ob in his last few years robbie is significant is very quick in his own right he's already had a pole position this season and uh, the thinking behind this stop is bring him in early Let's get him out there. Did it change tyres, Yeah, I think you said they did. Four Sorry. brand new. Four, yeah, brand, four brand new tyres. So get out now, turn some quick laps on these fresh tyres, and hopefully he can leapfrog the car that he was kind of stuck behind. He was losing a bit of ground to some of the other cars. He was kind of stuck behind Mike Skeen. They'd fallen about three seconds behind Robert McGuinness, who in turn was about three seconds behind the three leaders who were only separated by a couple of seconds so the strategy there is get him out on fresh tires turn some fast laps now and maybe yeah. leapfrog these other guys before they make their pit stops yeah and, and the point of what jeremy is saying there is he's got new tires yes he's full of vp racing fuel but those new michelin tires have a performance advantage over the tires on his competitor cars that, that were around him that had done qualifying in the very very hot conditions that we had in qualifying yesterday and they've got 25 laps on them now as well so there's bound to be a performance advantage doesn't have to be that much half a second here a couple of tenths there and in three or four tenths uh, three or four laps he's potentially made up a second or a second and a half and that could leapfrog three or four places in that gtd running and that is why they have taken the opportunity. He's in elegant isolation at the moment. He's going through turn one right now. And the next car in front of him is the number 44 Magnus John Potter driven Aston. And that's coming out of turn five and heading up through the snake and up to the S's at seven, eight, nine and ten. So he's probably got two or three laps before he hits any traffic. And this is his time to shine, Jeremy, in those two, three or four laps. Traffic for who? For Robbie, he'll, he'll catch. Oh, no, he'll he's catch, not. He's not going to. No, he's going to be on his own Potter. here. Yeah. he's absolutely going to be on his own. 
uh, but he's just gone purple in sector one as Robbie Foley taking advantage of those new tyres. And that's what you see. Uh, you, you made the point there here. He needs to really nail it now for several laps, yes, to, to leapfrog several of those cars ahead of him. And uh, he, he's, he's been told now, push hard. We can see that the Michelin tyres seem to be standing up really, really well, in, even in these hot conditions. So, you know, you run the risk sometimes, at least, of pushing too hard too soon on a fresh set of tyres. But that yeah. team must be confident that uh, Robbie, if he's going to go, go fast, which he is now purple again there in sector two, so that uh, you know, the, the, the tyres will still be in great shape all the way through this stint. Yeah, he's, which will probably be a little bit shorter this middle stint for Robbie. Yeah, he's he's taking seconds out of uh, John Potter, who was uh, just on nine seconds up the road from. So he's got at least three or four laps before he catches him. That was the point I was I was making. Uh, there. A lot but, more than that, I think. But I, but I think John uh, will be coming into the pits fairly shortly, anyway. And Shea, uh, you've got a slew of GT cars: Cooper McNeil in the WeatherTech Racing car. Uh, you've got Wright Motorsports and Team Hardpoint. And tires for WeatherTech Mercedes. They have put Jules Gunyon aboard the car. Remember, he's driving a bit injured with a hurt back after that crash in uh, practice one on Friday. It was, well, not crash, but when he ran wide off the track. So he is now behind the wheel of the 79 WeatherTech Mercedes with sticker tires. We've got Jan Halen aboard the right motorsport Porsche at the first opportunity of asking. Jan, who considers Virginia almost a second home now, as this is the land where his wife is from. So, honorary member of Virginia. Uh, he now is. Oh, we already back out on track here. So, wow, that was a quick stop for right. Again, they won both of the pit stop demos earlier, too, so they proved that they were very quick. Rob Ferriel is handed over to Catherine Legg in the hardpoint racing Porsche. And in the first of our GTD Pro Stoppers, this is Corvette Fuel tires, sticker tires, for Jordan Taylor, who's taking over for Antonio Garcia. We've got more GTD cars on the pit lane. 39 is in for Carbon with their Lamborghini. Rob McGinnis getting out, handing over to Jeff Westfall. We've got fuel and tires, and Maxime Martin coming aboard the number 27 Heart of Racing, Aston Martin, and our championship leader, and happy birthday to Stephen McAleer, getting an opportunity to drive his Mercedes for the first time today. He's taking over for Mike Skeen. That's the sound of Jordan Taylor getting some heat in the Michelin. I think he's effectively burned off the stickers. Up and down the rest of the pit lane, all going according to plan. Thank you, Shay. Very hectic down there with everybody on the same sort of strategy. One of our Porsche keys to the race. When did you take the pit stops? Well, it's only Turner who jumped out first of all. Uh, and I would say he's going he's gonna to win big time, Jeremy. Even just for those couple or three laps he's just reset the fastest lap of the race twice at a 45 6 3 5 and that is the overall fastest lap of the race that's faster than any of the gtd pros as well and that leapfrog that you were suggesting that's worked really well for turner motorsport good thinking down there at the 96 crew absolutely right it's it's made him up for well at least one position we'll have to wait and see when everybody else comes out of the pit lane. But to the meantime, the race leaders are staying out. And Matty Campbell's just turned his best lap of the race on on uh, on this lap, 21, well, previous lap, 147.0. Been for Catherine Legg on her outlap uh, all the way around. And she is pointing back in the right direction again. It was coming down uh, through the roller coaster. But she's pointing in the right direction and she hasn't lost too much time as in comes the GTD leader. That is the number 57 car 
for Russell Ward. Hawksworth's in as well for Vassar Sullivan in the 14. And Aidan Reid second in GTT uh, as well. That's going to leave Madison Snow for Paul Miller Racing out in the lead of GTT. Shay? The old tires, but no driver change for the 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus. So it is still Hawksworth stayed aboard that car. He did get stickers, though. It is fuel and driver changes for both the Acura from Rickway Racing and the 57 Windward Racing Mercedes. A slow tire change on the right front for Windward as they're running back around the front of the car to try and change the left front wheel. This is a terrible stop for Windward. They have lost the lead as out goes Aiden Reed once again. He has not yet handed over to Ryan Eversley, but they did give Aiden stickers. Now we go. Phil Ellis is back out and away. I think they had a wheel gun issue failure there for Windward Racing because they had to bring the one from the right front all the way around to the left front as well. Yeah, and Robbie Foley went by them as well whilst they were stationary. Where, where was the Turner car before they pitted, Jeremy? Where were they sitting in the GTDs? I know you'll have that on your lap chart. Six. Right, right. right behind number 32 car. Right, well, they're, they're well ahead of the 32. Yeah, uh, and right they're now. ahead of, of, of Aiden Reed as well, so they're probably going to take the leapfrog leap their way all the way to the lead, conceivably. Yeah, uh, Catherine just losing it going down the hill last time around as Ross Gunn comes in from the lead of the motor race. I'm just trying to pick up uh, where Robbie is. He's, he's got past John Potter now, so behind him is Aiden Reed. I think he's leading the race. Uh, I think he's leading the motor race. Uh, as he comes round. So I think he's gone from sixth to the lead of GTD when the other cars come in. It's going to be very close indeed. Sheer, what's going on with you? Fuel and tyres only for the heart of racing number 23. That is the pro car as in comes Frankie Montecalvo. He will be getting out of this car, handing over to Aaron Tielitz, who's standing up on the wall. Fuel and sticker Michelins for Aaron. He's going to be a happy boy. Lead of GTD. He's certainly the leader... Uh, Robbie Foley is the leader of the cars who have stopped uh, in GTD. It'll all depend where Frank Montecalvo comes out when he uh, makes his stop, him. but he'll be behind him because he was yeah. well back. And Madison Snow. So Madison Snow is the, the only variable uh, on that at the moment. New fastest lap of the race in GTD Pro, uh, but still not faster than Robbie, Pro, uh, Robbie Foley, Jeremy, for... Uh, Jordan Taylor in the vet. That's right. Again, uh, fresh tyres then for uh, for Jordan Taylor. He's taking full advantage of those. But uh, you're right, he's still a tenth of a second and, and a little bit more behind Robbie Foley. That was a great lap by Robbie. Well, I said it was his time to shine. He is absolutely, he was glowing there. Uh, that was a super bit of strategy from the team and a brilliant piece of execution by Robbie Foley. They left him in the car. He knows where the grip is. He knows what the track's like. I think that was a really smart idea to make that work, Jeremy, as the FAF car uh, comes in to the pit lane for Matt Campbell. And Shea Adam will watch this one for us. This is fuel tyres and a Matthew change as Jam Jam is taking over for Cam Cam. I'm going to try and start that. Uh, Matthew Campbell started the race and it is Matthew Jaminet who's taken over fuel and tyres. We've also got Madison Snow in from the lead of the race in the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW. Fuel, four tyres, a new drinks bottle and Brian Sellers installed behind the wheel of this one. 
the tire change is done, just waiting on the fuel at this point. Ryan is ready to go. Let's see how much fuel they put in the car right now. The Corvette is coming by, still waiting. The Porsche is still in its stop as well. So the Corvette has jumped the FAF Porsche during this uh, pit stop sequence. And it will not get out ahead of the Aston Martin, though. Now we see Madison Snow's car leaving the pit box with Brian Sellers aboard. Here comes Foley. John, it's going to be a close one into turn one. And it's Foley. They have gone from sixth to first as he breaks now the pit lane speed limiter coming off the BMW. So in GTD, that is super strategy from Turner BMW. So the performance potential, Jeremy, and the the opportunity there, the strategy call was great, and the execution by Robbie Foley, absolutely superb. Sixth to first in GTD. Yep, excellent job uh, by that uh, by that team. Uh, and uh, the, they've, uh, once again, Don Salama there, who calls the strategies for Turner Motorsport. He's always on top of the game. Uh, but uh, as you said a little while ago, it, it takes Robbie Foley to deliver. That's exactly what he's done. And uh, now he's in the lead. He'll be uh, cutting down that, cutting back that pace, maintain that advantage, try and save some fuel. And, uh, you know, still, that's one part of the strategy to get himself into the lead. The tricky bit, though, is to stay there. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us and use the hashtag MichelinPRT, if there's any questions, points arising or things you've noticed, and exclusively on IMSA Radio RS2. We will be running through those at the end of this race, which is still an hour and three quarters away. Battle for position in GTD Pro as Ross Gunn is right in behind Mathieu Jaminet. And this is a battle for position. Ross Gunn has been in since the start. Jaminet is coming to complete his first lap in the car after this first pit stop. And I think, Shea, if we can get the uh, the two Mathieu's, the, mat, the two Mats uh, in a Porsche, 963, surely it has to be Cam Jam. Um, we've had Van Gogh in the past. Van oh, Tor yes. In the past. So it's got to be Cam Jam if they're driving together. Turn one then, three car battle in GTD Pro for Jaminir, Roskun, and Jack Hawksworth still there as well. Connor de Filippi still out in front, has not stopped yet in that BMW. Yeah. He's got 46 seconds on the field. So again, Jeremy, here's different strategy playing out from Rahal. Uh, Letterman, Lanigan and the BMW M4. Yeah, and they're playing it the, the opposite to Turner Motorsport. They're looking to, to make their time on the final pit stops. Uh, they're going to stay out longer now. It'll probably cost them some time to the other car. Other, other cars are out there turning really fast laps at the moment. But to Conde Filippi's last lap, he was only three-tenths of a second away from his fastest lap of the race. So he's turning really good, uh, good laps there at the front of the field. He's in the lane and this now. will mean... Yeah, he's absolutely well out in front now, 45 seconds ahead of everybody else. Uh, we'll watch that gap, see how that diminishes, uh, if, if at all. It did actually by about a second on the last lap, so he's certainly going to lose some time to those other guys, but it's a long, long way to go. Here he is now into the pits. And it is a driver change, and uh, some replacement Michelin tyres. Are they new? They look like they are. Uh, Sticker tyres so shared my ear. The Corvette is coming through turn 17 on the front straight now, waiting on the VP Racing fuel to be delivered up to 30 seconds stationary now. That's what a full tank of fuel is going to cost you. Through goes the Corvette. Here comes the battle between Chaminet, Gunn and Hawksworth. The BMW is down and away, and he will drop in behind that three-car battle. 
but in fairness, he's not that far behind. He's going to have to, I think, give best to the other BMW, the Liquid Molly car. So that's a great improvement from where the Turner BMW was sitting in, what, 11th position overall, and now they're fifth and leading their class. That's an extraordinary turnaround, showing that performance differential that Jeremy was talking about for coming in and being able to run in clear air. That was the, that was the key part of that. If they dropped him, Jeremy, into the back of the GTD field, that wouldn't have worked so well for them. But he got clear air. He only caught John Potter, I think, for the lap, maybe a lap and a half before uh, John came into the pit lane. And, and that, was all the, uh, that was all the invitation that Robbie Foley needed. True. Get nice on with job. it. And he do. That's what he was told, and he did. Yeah, Brilliant very stuff. good. Like that. But, uh, yeah, bat battle resumed here in uh, GTD Pro. Uh, Jordan Taylor with that uh, pretty big lead now. Uh, they they came in a couple of laps before, well, one lap before Jack Hawks was two before the number 23 Aston Martin, three before the number th nine car, and five laps before the number 25. So different strategies here. And uh, yes, it's made a difference now, but what will it mean later on? Uh, Matthew Jaminet is just uh, the, the second place car's fastest lap of the race. That's the fat Porsche, that red plaid Porsche. That is fascinating. Absolutely yeah. fascinating. I'm loving this. Just coming up with the hour to be completed in about a minute and 40 seconds time it is jordan taylor then here's your vp racing fuel in race update jordan taylor leads by the better part of 10 seconds in the number three corvette having taken it over from antonio garcia <coughs> Matthew jaminet has taken over the faf motorsports from matty campbell that's the porsche the nine plaid porsche he's about eight tenths of a second ahead of ross gunn who was in at the start for heart of racing aston martin in the 23 Jack Hawksworth also started for Vassar Sullivan, the Lexus RCF GT3, the black and yellow number 14. He's another eight-tenths further back. In fifth position, John Edwards is now in GTD Pro. John Edwards is in fifth, sixth overall, uh, and he has just taken over that car. He's 21 seconds away from Jordan Taylor at the lead of the race. The biggest turnaround, as we've been talking about, Turner Motorsport coming in relatively early, uh, and Robbie Foley stayed in. They came in the end of uh, 23 laps. So Robbie's been out there for nine laps already. But the performance advantage that they had from a brand new set of sticker Michelin slick tyres was massive. And they went from sixth to first in their class and from 11th to fifth uh, in the overall standings. So 96 leads for the Lickman Molly Turner Motorsport BMW in GTD. Aidan Reed is about six seconds further back for Rick Ware Racing uh, for Acura in second. This is the number 51 car. Aidan started that car. Stephen McAleer has taken over the team cart of Mercedes, the AMG GT3. It's the number 32. He's about another 21 seconds further back uh, from uh, Aidan Reed. And I'll give you a better run uh, on the Brian Sellers Paul Miller racing car when they come across the line which they will do any second now I'm just looking across there he goes I just wait for the time they are uh, in third position now because there's a problem for Stephen Magalia who is running very slowly indeed this is a disaster for Magalia 
Sounds like the car was misfiring. This is not the birthday present that Stephen McAleer wanted. And he is touring back to the pit lane. Sheer Adam, uh, it looks like the team are aware of the issue and they're coming up onto the pit wall. Yep, and John, I actually asked you, is there something wrong with this car? Because I could see the panic going on down with the team. They are ready to receive him and he is coming down the pit lane. Let's see. The car sounds a little bit off. Stephen brings it into the pit box. There's no damage to the car. There's no obvious signs that there is something wrong, but they have gotten the blocks out to look at it. Engine off, they're looking at the right rear of the car. So maybe it's something within the right rear of the suspension. Oh, championship oh, leaders coming into this race, John. Yes, exactly, championship leaders. And this is the only full championship that uh, Stephen is contending this year. And I'm so looking forward to going to Petit. Uh, they've got the blocks out in case they want to go underneath the car. But now, the question here is, have they found... No, well, the, the right-hand side, they think, is all right. So now they're looking at the left-hand side. Stephen, left-side hub is loose, Shea. Is that the problem? Yep, that's what was just reported back by the team. I believe the car is going to be rolling behind the wall. Let's see. Are they sending him back out on the track or sending him hard left? No, they're sending him back out on the track. Maybe it was just the wheel. Maybe the wheel was loose. Oh, let's hope. Not seated. Not seated properly. Correct. Dropped off, yeah. the, off the lead lap. That, that's what they were looking at uh, and looking to make sure the hub hadn't come loose. It's a quick turnaround, but it must have happened just as he'd gone across the start-finish line, Jeremy, because that was an, a very slow in-lap, three and a half minutes to get in to the pit lane. So it happened at the most inopportune moment. But well done to Stephen for identifying the problem. Uh, it sounded, I thought it was misfiring, but that must just have been the vibration that was coming from the rear axle. And that is the championship leader, Jeremy, coming into this weekend. Yeah, it is. And that's uh, going to be absolutely critical. It's going to be awfully difficult to, to make up that deficit that that car now faces. Really disappointing for that team because, uh, you know, they were, they were running really nice and they've actually made they actually made up a couple of positions on that round of pit stops but now they're going to lose it all and quite a lot more and once you're a lap down here it's awfully difficult in this gt only race to make up yeah. uh, that kind of uh, that kind of margin yeah that was one of our portion keys to race there's no class split here uh, there's no pass arounds, no wave buys because you have no other categories effectively this is a single class race uh, there's two different points scoring uh, capabilities for GTD Pro and GTD Am, but they won't be split if we do have to have the intervention of the Porsche 992 GT3 safety car. Now, the other championship contenders are Heart of Racing Aston Martin and the number 16 Wright Motorsports Porsche. So all, all I think now Stephen can do for Team Kortov is to try and minimise the damage and in some way, shape or form, try and grab back any points they can. But that is going to be so difficult, Jeremy, to get three and a quarter miles back on the field. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's basically no way. I mean, these cars are so closely matched that, that there's no way they can do that, really. And uh, this is looking uh, really good right now for the harder racing Aston Martin team because they came into this weekend only 45 points behind. They're in third position. Um, 
but um, they, they got uh, closer after after qualifying and uh, now very much in the mix uh, and it's, it's also I mean it's, it's great news for I mean it's just going to tighten up the championship basically I mean Ryan Hardwick and Jan Halen they are second in points coming to here but they're only running right now in the ninth position so they're only uh, three positions ahead of uh, of Stephen McAleer so if that remains the same actually that McAleer will remain ahead of Hardwick and Halen in the points but uh, long long way to go yeah yeah exactly let's not get too far into that how far back are the uh are the 27 car, the Maxime Martin heart arrest. Only three, only three points out of second. So right. that's what I'm saying. They're, they're right there. They're, they've got a great opportunity to take over the points lead. It's just, of course, it's just uh, Roman De Angelis who is uh, is in uh, in with that, with the opportunity there because uh, Maxime didn't drive the first two races. They didn't all, always drive the, the, the car together, did they? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just uh, well you know seems like there's nothing happening on the track but there's stuff happening on the track and there's stuff happening that has championship implications one thing we know for certain mentioned it once we got underway congratulations to the guys at Paul Miller Racing if you're just joining us here on IMSA Radio with uh, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Michelin GT Challenge at VIR yeah uh, congratulations uh to Paul Miller for the Sprint Cup Championship uh, and not content with that, uh, you know, the Brand Sellers here is uh, is harrying Aiden Reed for second place in GTD. That be they're heading up uh, underneath the bridge and up now through the uh, the climbing S's, and uh, there's nothing to choose between those two. They've been pretty much tied together since the start of the race, in actual fact, uh, same positions they were right at the beginning, but uh, still nothing to choose between them. Right, nose to tail, uh, Brand Sellers. There has been a driver change in that car. Aiden Reed, however, has been in since the start, so it won't be until the final stop who he will hand over that number 51 car to Ryan Eversley. Minimum drive time of 45 minutes. So once we're getting close to that at the end of the race, if the starting drivers is still in, we'll point that out to you. I don't think that will be the case here. You don't want to get the, caught the wrong side of a safety car, but again, the mere fact that there's only one class here is that once the safety car brings the field under control, all the cars can come into the pit lane. So you're not having to wait a lap or so extra, which could be at Rona Murray. That was five and a half, six minutes, and that could really mess your calculations up on drive time, etc. It's not going to be that situation here. It's Jeremy Sean, John Hindhoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam is in the pit lane. First drivers. Some of the first drivers are out of their cars. They're rehydrating. Shea is patrolling the pits, and we'll get a word with one or two of them in just a few moments' time. With 90-90 minutes, well, to the pedants among you, 92 minutes and nine seconds uh, still remaining in this race. Plenty of racing still left. A cagey opening, 45 minutes or thereabouts. Nothing seemingly much happening until Turner Motorsport brought ranks and brought in Robbie Foley early. It was a genius move. Jumped them up from 6th to lead the class and from 11th to 5th uh, overall. Actually, they've just dropped back to 6th as John Edwards has worked his way back through the GTD uh, runners. But nevertheless, that's the big story uh, in the first stint of this race, Jeremy. And so far, so good. All clean and green around the beautiful VIR circuit. 
Yeah, and we saw the same sort of thing last year in GTLM here. There were different strategies as to how they ran their tyres and their fuel uh, during the race, and there were sort of ebbs and flows in who was leading and, and who was who was chasing. Uh, right now, though, it's, it's it's Jordan Taylor in that Corvette who's got a pretty handy lead and actually extended it a little bit. It was a little bit less than 10 seconds, now a little bit more, uh, but not by much more than that. Ross Gunn, he's kind of settled in there just about a second behind the Porsche in third place with the Aston Martin. Jack Hawksworth, similar margin back in fourth. And then John Edwards, who's been edging just a little bit closer. He's made a, a tenth or two of a second of a lap over the last five or six laps over Jack Hawksworth. In, in GTD, pretty interesting there. With that problem in the pit stop, number 57 car fell from the lead down to sixth place. But that is uh, regularly the fastest car on the track now. As fi finally, Brian Sellers finds a way past uh, Aiden Reid up into second position. Closing on those two had been both Jeff Westfall in the Carbon Lamborghini and Maxime Martin in the uh, Aston Martin. And then right behind them again now is the fastest car on the track in GTD. That is Phil Ellis in the Winwood Racing Mercedes. Let's head down to Sheer Adam. We'll keep an eye on the battles. Just a little bit of a bump and run by Brian yeah. Sellers on the 51 of Aiden Reid going into the first corner there. Um, I think if I'd been the team, I might have asked him to give that back straight away and do the instant redress. Uh, they might be called for that. I'm not seeing that that's being looked at at the moment. It was the tiniest of touches, but that's all you need when the car's on the ragged edge of adhesion. Uh, let's find out from some of the drivers who started the race how conditions are this afternoon. Antonio Garcia from Corvette is with Sheer Adam. Antonio, I always love coming over to talk to you when your car's in the lead, but it's especially sweet when there's a little bit of a gap between you guys and the rest of the competition. The start of the race was so tight. How much did you enjoy that battling? Uh, as always, you never know how much you can push. So I probably timed it not really well at the start, so the nine was very strong off the bat there, and he almost passed the Aston too. But I had to leave a couple of times, otherwise I would have gone in the grass, but I had to play it a little bit safe. I think we, we had the we had the pace and I knew the race wouldn't be win on the first lap. So I just stay there. I try to keep pushing for pressure in the nine car for sure. And trying not to make them save too much fuel. So so in the end that was the game. So saving tires and saving fuel because this very very hot so I think it played out very well because we we kind of caught everybody maybe and, and undercut everybody so now we had a big gap but yeah you never know it's gonna be yellows or maybe not so yeah we just Jordan's doing a great job so that's why it matters well you certainly know how to win here having done it three times before do you think the race would be different from the start to maybe if you got in to finish it do you think it would be more aggressive more elbows out uh, no, I mean, it depends on when you are in the car. I mean, if you are at the beginning, you need to keep the car safe so in order to the next guy to, to fight for the win. So there is time to, to put the elbows out, and first lap wasn't that time. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam down there in the pit lane. Got a couple of black and blue cars having a big battle at the moment. Uh, and that is Heart of Racing's Maxime Martin 
having a good scrap with Phil Ellis, who's taken over from Russell Ward, as uh, they're having a scrap at the moment for what is that sixth and seventh in GTD? Uh, excuse me, fifth and sixth in uh, GTD. Porsche leads. A Chevrolet leads Porsche, leads Aston, leads Lexus, leads BMW in Pro. It's two BMWs at the front of GTD as Brian Sellers just uh, eased his way past Aidan Reid and pushed the Acura into third position. Then the Lamborghini Huracan, then the Aston, then the Mercedes, then the Lexus. So plenty of variety on show here, Jeremy, this weekend at VIR. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, the, that... Uh pass was reviewed by race control no action they say um okay um it certainly looked like uh, the number 51 car was just nudged a little bit out of line there bump and run as you say that's not the not the way brian sellers generally plays things i must must admit but it certainly looked that way but anyhow no no action there no no penalty will be assessed uh, and so uh, he will uh, take over that second place in the class and see if he can uh, track down the, the leader which, of course, is Robbie Foley in that GTD class. A little bit farther back, uh, Catherine Legg and Andy Lally. Uh, are, uh, looks like they're having a little bit of fun. They've, uh, Andy Lally has closed in a, a gap of about yeah, about four and a half seconds over the last seven or eight laps. And there's those two are now nose to tail, 99 and a 44 car. So that's a, a fun little battle to watch. And in fact, they're just about to be lapped. There goes Antonio Garcia past uh, Andy Lally. So he, he allows the Corvette to go through and Andy Lally will try and tag onto the tail end of that of that Corvette and hopefully follow him past Catherine Legg when they catch her. Let's go to share Adam down in the pit lane at BMW. Bill Oberlin, yesterday Robbie Foley said he was in a fuel saving mode so he wasn't pushing very hard. Is that why you're making him double stint to start this one? You want him to get his sweat on this weekend? Yeah, he's, uh, he's working hard this weekend, isn't he? Um, well, we did the undercut and it was very powerful because the tires on his second stint made so much grip that he went right by everybody in theoretical time there. Uh, now we're going to pay for it on the next stop. We have a, long, a much longer stop coming because we got to take on more fuel to get to the end. So that gap that you see, we need every bit of it. Otherwise, we're going to get jumped again. But at least it got us a little bit up the, up the road there. You know how to win at VIR. This is the way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, this is a good way, right? I mean, it's better to, to lead. It's very hard to pass here because it's very high speed. So uh, when somebody takes the aerodynamics off your nose, it's hard to get by. But we got the birthday boy here, Don Salama, at the helm here calling the shots. He's always great. And the Turner guys do great pit stops. So I just got to do my job, try to win this thing. We've done it plenty of times before. Go earn some tacos tonight, Bill. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the reference to tacos, if you're not a regular here on IMSA, race coverage that is how Turner Motorsport celebrate victories it will be a taco night if they win here this weekend uh, under an hour and a half to go now Jeremy so getting in towards the uh, middle part of the race an hour and 23 minutes uh, still to go so what that's that's 80 minutes uh, we started off with uh, an hour and uh, two hours and 40, so 160. So we're getting down towards half distance here now, aren't we? 
Yeah, just a couple of minutes away from half distance, absolutely right. And look at this battle here that's developed for third position in GTD. Aiden Reed coming in under increasing pressure from not only Jeff Westfall, but also Maxime Martin, Philip Ellis, and Aaron Tielitz has closed in as well in at number 12, Vassar Sullivan Lexter. So we've got a uh, one, two, three, four, five, uh, five car battle there because the car, the tail of that train is Stephen McAleer. He is still a lap down to all of these cars. His, his pace is there, though. That's going to be yeah, frustrating oh yeah. for them to have dropped that lap with the loose wheel after the pit stop. I wonder if he can pick his way through and uh, try and get laps back on some of those cars ahead of him. So. He's got Andy Lally uh, is a lap down. Catherine Legg is also a lap down. So I just got past those two. Yeah. Okay. Good. So so he's moved up, has he, to 15th position? That's extra points for him. Who? No, he hasn't moved up. No, 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 no. He, he's still quite a long way behind those two. Right. Those two have just been lapped. Catherine Legg and Andy Lally have just been lapped. Oh, just been lapped. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes. The 32 yes. car was, was lapped quite a long way uh, before that. So he's quite you. He's another 40 seconds behind. Uh, lapping about a second or so quicker than both of those, a second or a second and a half. So you don't have to be a genius to work out that if he's 30 odd seconds behind, it's going to take him 30 odd laps to catch them, never mind to pass them. And we are 43 uh, laps into this race for the leaders, so 42 and 41. Uh, for those at the back of the field. So it will take him the rest of the race to make up that time and potentially make up a couple of, of positions for another 10 or 20 points. But that could be... I mean, if that's all he's racing for, Jeremy, then that's what he's racing for. And that's what the team will be trying to do now. This is, you know, the, the race victory's gone, side by side, by the way, coming into turn four as the McGinnis Lamborghini is... Straight through on the inside of Aidan Reid. Fantastic run there for Jeff Westphal, of course, is in that car now. Whoa. Oh, and off for the heart of racing Aston, is it? Yes, it is. No, no, no. it's the Windward Mercedes. Oh, it's the Windward Mercedes, yeah. you're right. Yes, pushed off from the right-hand side of the track and has picked up one of the marker boards. I think that's one of the WeatherTech boards that they're advertising at the moment, the number 57. Phil Ellis just trying to go up the outside uh, of Aaron Tielitz and Jules Gounon. Full course yellow. Full course yellow. Well, now, is that because we've spread something onto the track? It was a little mistake by Aidan Reid. Jeff Westfall straight down the inside. Just a little bit of Great hip move. and shoulder. Then the Aston went through. That's what threw me off. I'm, I'm guessing that there's a sandbag or, or some part of the signage has got onto the track. The Aston then comes under pressure from Phil Ellis, who goes to the outside and two bits of the Corex boarding picked up there and he loses the position to the car following. Why have we gone yellow? Well, that's, I don't know. I presume that in picking up that sideboard, Jeremy, something's been brought onto the track that shouldn't be there. That's the only thing I can think. 
It was a little yeah. bit of ushered off to the side. The track. No, no. Like I think he left. Him, I think he left him. No, I think he left him room there. And and I think uh, Phil Ellis just he made the decision that he was probably going to get pushed over the curb, so run the other side of the curb rather than straddling it. I, for me, there was nothing wrong there uh, by either of those two. Slow-moving car, white flag on the track. Uh, that could be for the safety car, which is out. The, the yellow came out before the board was uh, ejected from the front of the number 57, Phil Ellis. I mean, Phil's lost very little time there. And, of course, with a full-course yellow, he's lost no time at all. But I think uh, this, the other part of the sign is on the track. I see. There was two parts of that sign, one facing one way as an airboard and one the other. Uh, and I saw like a little triangle shape, like a Toblerone. Uh, and what's happened there is I, I knew it was a WeatherTech sign because I saw the WeatherTech sign pointing forward. Then that blew off and left the other side where the WeatherTech was pointing into the grille of the Mercedes. And it was just a white board. So obviously what's happened is the other part of that A board is on the track somewhere. Uh, and in fact, Tyler Kinghorn has just sent... Uh, a note to IMSA Radio with a picture at IMSA Radio. Thank you, sir. The sign is indeed sitting on the track right in front of him. Right. We have eyes everywhere on IMSA Radio. <laughs> so bad news, yeah. good news for Phil Ellis there. Bad news, he's off the track and loses a couple of positions. Good news, he manages to, to deposit. I'm sure he didn't do this on purpose, by the way. But... Funny how luck goes, isn't it? The piece of the uh, the, the debris that, that is on the track is the, the side that he picked up. So, well, there you go. Yeah. Now, we uh, are I, getting a pass around here, Jeremy. I don't think there's anybody needs a pass around, actually. Um, okay. Well, where is Catherine and... Well, Race Control have just put out the message. I thought there was no class split, but I've just seen prepare for and then commence pass around on the the channel now that yeah. might that might well, just be I, that's I, protocol I, I think Andy Lally and Catherine Lake might might have Ooh. been ahead of still Robbie Foley so they may right. well get the pass around yeah and that's exactly have. what's happened they have done they yeah. have so done. they have got the pass around uh, the Stephen McAleer, unfortunately for him, was not close enough uh, because he was behind that whole train of cars. Correct. So, yeah, that's, that'll put uh, Catherine Legg and Andy Lally, who just exchanged positions, by the way. Andy did get past Catherine right before the caution kit period came out. Right. So, do we then put the GTD pros at the front of the field again? We don't have well, to, they are, they are the They're already there. Right, OK. Yeah. But but the the two G the two class cars the two GTD cars had not been lapped by their class leader, that being yep. uh, of course Robbie Foley. So uh, that's uh, splendid news for them. Yes, uh, and bad news for Stephen Mackerley because he would have been hoping to catch those two cars up for a few yes. extra points. If but uh, the question is else. the question is now when the pits are opened, who comes into the pits and who doesn't? If everybody comes into the pits, then Steve McAleer in that uh, team quarter motorsports car can conceivably stay out, get the lap back. Then he will be ahead of everybody else and behind the safety car before we go back to green. Because he is between the safety car and his class leader, he will then get the pass around and he can then, if he's quick enough, duck into the pits, take on service Correct. and hustle around and try and, catch, and, exactly, and try and catch up with the back of the pack. 
trying to work out what yellow that uh, Porsche is. I don't think it's paint right. to sample. I don't think it's paint to sample signal yellow, uh, but it's very nice. Pits are open for all cars, so there's no split and there'll be no class reset, of course, after this. That GT3 leads them down. And it's a bright yellow Chevy Corvette that will have the opportunity to dive into the pits first of all. Shea Adam, uh, it's been, you know, 19, 20 laps for some of these, 22 for Robbie Foley since they were yeah. in the pits. So it's well into the well into the run. The halfway through, they've got to come in. Everyone's going to come in here, aren't they, Shea? Sorry, Jeremy. Uh, I got well, yes, they teams. are. But the, the, the this is bad news for, for Robbie Foley because we heard Bill Hoblin say because they came in early, this is going to be a longer stop for them. So they're going to be they're going to, have to pay things very casually here, Shay Adam, not to lose ground during this round of pit stops. Yeah, you're right, Jeremy. And I have 17 teams up on the wall. Whether or not Clothorf comes in this time, no, they stayed out. McAleer stayed out. All right, we've got the Corvette and the Porsche and the Aston and the Lexus and the BMW, all five of the GTD Pro Cars into the lane. In comes Robbie Foley, number one on the door. He's getting out. Bill Offelin is getting in. Let's see, tires and fuel for every single car up and down the pit lane that did come into the pit lane. Did not get Andy Lally or Catherine Lake and either the Magnus Aston or the Hardpoint Porsche, but everybody else doing full service. I see a driver change going on for the 14 Lexus. Ben Barnicut jumping aboard there. I did not see. Oh, yes, there was a driver change for the 23 Aston Martin. So now it is Ross Gunn who has gotten out of that car, and Alex Riveras has taken over. The first car back out and rolling was the 25 BMW. The second car off and rolling was the number one BMW. Paul Miller racing. They blend in with the Lexus right in front of them. That would be the number 14. Faf Porsche first out of the pit lane after that uh, exchange in the pits. And that's exactly what I was talking about, John. The Corvette, of course, because that came in before the other GTD Pro cars, uh, had the same problem. It needed more fuel there, so has dropped not behind one, not behind two, not behind three, but behind uh, four other cars. So it now comes out. He's got all that work to do again. I talked about these different strategies. Fascinating motor race. This is really cool. So... Cars. They did not need that yellow, is the uh, bottom line. Uh, I think that Brian Sellers has jumped a few positions as well, and I think he might be leading GTD of the cars that stopped. Andy Lally and Catherine Legg didn't stop. Yeah. So they've stayed out. So, and will lead the race. So that means Stephen McAleer won't get his lap back, <laughs> even though he stayed out. Doesn't it? Uh, yes. So that's extraordinary. Well, I wonder whether that was a strategic call there from Aston Martin, quite frankly. Yeah, correct. Because um, and, and by, potentially by... Porsche. Aston Martin and Porsche are the two yeah. are the two manufacturers. Absolutely. Uh, now, where yeah, are where right. are Catherine and Andy on the track? Because they've got the wave around, of course. see they may come in at the end of this lap but Stephen still might not get his lap back then in that case right. Acura has changed drivers that was one of the cars that was still running in Reid hadn't got out of the car to that point Ryan Eversley tightening his belts as he follows the safety car around that car's dropped down We'll see when they come back through. 
So there's Magali had just gone through onto the lead lap again. And so presumably still hasn't come in to the pit lane. No, he hasn't. So he's going down into turn one now. So I'm going past the start finish line. The safety car is coming to turn 17. Uh, and Stephen might. I'm, I'm thinking that. Well, Andy, Lally, and Catherine Legg are right in behind the safety car. I don't think they're coming in, Jeremy. I don't think they're coming in. But Stephen McAleer is on the end of the lead lap. If he can hustle around, he's going up through the S's now. And the safety car's in turn one. He's making back some time, but he's not going that quickly. I would have thought he would have been pushing on a little bit to get in and get a splash of fuel and then drive on. Uh, 70 minutes. 7-0 penalties. 7-0 uh, minutes coming. Final wave by is happening now. Uh, and so, well, which which there shouldn't be. The the uh, the question marks here. What happened to the Heart of Racing team number 23, Aston Martin? Because all of a sudden that's gone from third place overall to 14th. So a disastrous pit stop for Heart of Racing team. Uh, that's going to cost them massively. Uh, the other loser there is Ryan Eversley in the uh, Rick Ware Racing Acura. He's gone all the way down. He's behind uh, Ribras and behind Jan Halen as well. So he's down into the... The early car he's ahead of is Stephen McAleer, who didn't come into the pits just now, didn't he? No. He's Strange. gone straight through again. I, I, I think... I don't think he had time to, Jeremy, because he's still not well, on the back... Well, uh, no, but he, he certainly would have had time to duck in now, take on the service and get back on. He might not be able to catch up with the pack, but at least he'd be back on the lead lap. And then if there's another full force caution, he's right there. But as it is now, he's going to need another pit stop you know, fairly soon. It's a, it's he was not, in not... 14 laps ago. Yeah. They're on the wall for him. Uh... Well, they strangely didn't come in that lap. Because I think we're probably going to be going green next time around. Did, if not Shea, this time, to Shea, be honest. When, can you remember, Shea, when he came in last time for the loose wheel? Yeah. Um, it, did he, it, it did was, they splash him with fuel as well? Oh, yes. Because that could be... I mean, yes, they would have done, John. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet that's what they did. So, he's not quite as bad off as badly off for fuel as, as perhaps we thought there. So getting on the back of the train might do him better for track position uh, than falling back off the lead lap again. Uh, yeah. and if, He's, if off, he's on the back of the train now. He is on the back of the train now. Yeah, excuse me, John. Uh, if, if, there's no more, if there is no more full score caution, I think everybody's going to have to stop again. Yeah, I so agree. Track position here, really, really important. And Andy Lally and Catherine Legg, they're out front, uh, out front right now. Um, Andy is certainly quicker than, than, than Catherine. Well, his car has been quicker than Catherine's, it would appear, during this race. Um, you know, he can, he can run well here. He's going to go back to green, though, this time around. He's got about... I reckon he's got about uh, another 10 laps that he can run, uh, 10 or 11 laps that he can run before he needs to come in, Jeremy. So that's going to be the better part of 20 minutes. That's going to take him well inside the time 
30. He could make his last pit stop. Th their last pit stop could be very short. That's why they've stayed out. That's, that's really interesting because everybody else is going to have to do a last pit stop. They could be the first of the last pit stoppers, if that makes any sense. And that's what they're thinking at the moment. GTD Procast may well go through, and we are under green again, but they will cycle to the lead of GTD. And Andy Lally's making his bid for freedom at the moment as he leads yeah. out in that Aston Martin. It's a calculated gamble, but from where they were, Jeremy, what did they have to lose? Absolutely nothing. I like it. More good strategy. Absolutely right. I mean, you know, they are going to need more fuel on their, on, their, on their final stop than everybody else, for sure. So they'll lose ground there, but nothing uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. There's a look on the outside of the oh. path Porsche by the BMW. Whoa. Into Oak Tree. And great, cars. Great on board. Great on board. The, the, on board with uh, with uh, Ben Barnicut, wasn't it? And side Whoosh. by side, Ben Barnicut with the Corvette of Jordan Taylor. And Jordan's already picked his way past Brian Sellers and was two Michelin tyres on the grass on the right-hand side going down Madison Avenue. Here comes Brian Sellers getting a double tour there. The Barnicut Lexus staying ahead for the moment. Of course, all those cars came out of the pits with brand new Michelin tyres on and then sat behind the safety car. So they are not up to temperature or pressure at all. And that's why there's that much moving around of the cars and for the fact that they are really being leaned on. None of the, none of the little jabs and bobs and weaves that we saw in the first part of the race now. This is starting to get into the important part of the race. And this is where, as Jeremy said... Track position is king. Make a position now. This could be really important. Down the inside at turn one, there's a problem for the Lamborghini number 39 of Carbon. And that was uh, oh, coming yeah. together between that and the WeatherTech number 79. Right rear is smoking. Now, I, I think it is just a rub on the bodywork. Just, says Heindorf, is fine from the relative comfort uh, of the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. I wouldn't like to be in the car and having that happen. Actually, it wasn't the WeatherTech car. It was the 57 Winwood car that did it. Yeah. The WeatherTech car just came up behind it. And there's just yeah. a little bit of bodywork rubbing on the front edge of the right rear wheel there, Jeremy, on that uh, on that number 39 uh, car barn with Peregrine Lamborghini. And that was a bump and run. I hate bump and runs. Yeah. Uh, if that's not looked at, I will be very, very, personally, I'll be very, very disappointed, let alone uh, Jeff Westfall at the wheel of that uh, Lamborghini there, because there's no question that the uh, Mercedes of Phil has got into the right rear quarter panel of that uh, number 39 Lamborghini and has pushed that bodywork, I think, onto the tyre. Uh, and that's just not necessary. Don't like it at all. Shea Adam down to the pit lane with penalties from that last pit stop exchange. The 51 Rick Rowe Racing Acura has already served its penalty. It's drive through for too many people working over the wall. Now, we did have another penalty. That's for car number 23, the pole sitter of GTD Pro. They did service outside of their box. Not allowed drive through penalty for Alex Riveras. As into the pit lane comes the Carbon Lamborghini. Now, crawling on the pit lane speed limiter, right rear is where the damage is. Let's see how severe it is. It looks superficial, honestly. They're going to take the brand new Michelin off. Now, that hurts more than almost anything else. Sticker tires nowadays are almost invaluable. And a little bit of carbon hanging down 
on the rear of the front part of the bodywork, if that makes any sense. They're going to put some gaffer tape on it and send Jeff Westfall back out. Well, there's the answer, Jeremy, to why the 23 Heart of Racing Aston, who've just been through the pit lane, why they were slow during the pits, they were outside of the box or they let something go outside of the box so clearly a little bit of a fumble on that pit stop that dropped them down and now of course they've had to come through the pit lane they've dropped even further in terms of real estate on the rest of the gtd pros indeed so so yeah i think uh, obviously a miscue coming into the pits maybe they were unsighted by another team there whatever happened uh, outside the pit box that's a no-no so that's uh, add insult to injury there for that number 23 team uh, and that's just uh, not what they needed. That's going to put them you know, way, way behind everybody else now in concert, of course, with Westfall, who's there's still nothing on, on the uh, on the uh, race control feed here about, a, about the incident being looked at. I, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, Disappointed, particularly, actually. Particularly as word. they've had to come in as well. They lost 52 seconds stationary on the pit lane and mind the drive through. Yeah. Uh, Andy Lally still leaving, leading. Catherine Legg has let a few of the GT Pro cars go through, which I think is very, very sensible indeed because she's not fighting that. I remember that is the, the backup car in some respects. A bizarre incident where the trailer coming home uh, from a previous race this season, a wheel bearing seized, and there was a small fire on the hauler, which was dealt with very efficiently uh, by the local fire brigade, and it didn't spread at all. Uh, they used a lot of fire suppressant chemicals on it, which did some uh, unexpected damage to the carbon fibre and the plastic inside the race trailer, including on the car. And that car's been stripped down and rebuilt. And so this is the car that uh, we saw with Hardpoint earlier in the season. I think it's. I think Catherine put her hands up and said it was one of the ones I crashed earlier in the season. I yes. can't remember whether she said it was Sebring or Daytona. It was the Sebring car. Um, so that car is out. They're going to do some testing and they will be at Motul for Le Mans uh, at the uh, end of next month and the beginning of October. At the front of the field, here's the battle for the lead. Coming out of Oak Tree, Andy Lally has Mathieu Jaminet. Jaminet on newer tyres in the Porsche. He's flashing Andy Lally. I, I, all very well flashing Andy Lally. You're battling for the lead of the motor race, Matt. He's not going to just wave you by. He's holding on to his line. And in fact, Chamonix wasn't close enough to get into an outbreaking manoeuvre at the top of the hill. And Andy Lally, he's not going to be intimidated by flashing lights of a Porsche behind him. <laughs> but I did, that was quite funny. I, that, that was quite. That was entertaining, if nothing else. It was, wasn't it? And Andy Lally was the only driver to compete in every single GTD race from the beginning of this championship in 2014 up until the end of last season. Uh, the only guy, so he'd had more starts than everybody else. Of course, this year, he's only doing the long-distance races, so his uh, record you know, record number of starts has been taken away. It's now, uh, it's now uh, Bill Oberlin who's had more races than anybody else in this championship. This is Bill's 97th race here this weekend. Uh, 95 is the second second for Antonio Garcia. And, and I don't see Andy Lally's doing anything wrong here. He's battling at the front of the race and he's got to keep his pace up. Jaminet will be getting frustrated. He's weaving left and right. Andy's staying on the racing line. He's not hey. even defending at the moment. Jaminet's not getting anywhere near him to be able to stick the car up the inside. So this is no, marvellous stuff at the front of the race. 
And yeah, uh, and furthermore, John, in fact, those these two have pulled away yes, from the rest of the pack on that last lap. They were about, uh, you know, well, Andy Lally was, uh, he certainly he pulled away. He edged out. For, it was 1.6, and it was two seconds. Well, he goes wide on the exit. Ah, oh, he's blown it. Well, I, I think, <laughs> do you know what? He might have lifted that uh, and let the Porsche go through. Could have done. Yeah, Chuck I think he did. Him. He's on all tyres, so he's not going to have the same ability to turn sharply and tighten up his line. And maybe Andy thinks, I'll sit in behind that Porsche and save a bit of fuel, which wouldn't be the worst thing to do. As hard as he can run, uh, and as long as he can run into this race, Andy's got about five or six laps left before he's going to have to peel off into the pit lane. But at that point... We'll be getting on for, well, 50 minutes to go. And, and I think he can go to the end from there. So that is job done. He will be stationary for quite a long time wow. as Corvette and Lexus are wow. sitting together. And the Corvette goes through on the front straight on the Lexus. That's Jordan Taylor going past Ben Barnicott. And the second of the Lexus is right in there as well as Brian Sellers. So a real mix of GTD Pro and GTD now, Jeremy. All on new tyres, all in the pits at the same time and all needing one more stop to go to the end if we stay green. Really interesting, isn't it, at this stage? Really interesting. Uh, tremendous battles here developing and uh, Aaron Tillich's done a really good job. Frankie Montecalvo kind of closed onto the tail of that group before the earlier round of pit stops and Aaron Tielitz has really got the hammer down here uh, and he's uh, up into well third place in, in GTD because Andy Lally leads it on a different strategy to everybody else Brian Sellers is, is next and only just ahead of Aaron right behind Aaron Tielitz is Maxime Martin in that harder racing team Aston Martin looking potentially to take over the points lead then it's Bill Oberlin right there in fifth place and Phil Ellis in sixth who seems to have got away with that bump and run Sure, Adam, uh, I'd like you to pop down to King, Team Courtoff, please, because they've just brought Stephen McAleer in. Um, 20 laps on that stint. Um, but obviously, he's not on new tyres. The, 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 the tyres are tw 27 laps old, so they were coming to the end of their useful life. I, I, I suspect that was more grip-limited than fuel-limited on that stop. But 57, 58 minutes to go... Jeremy, that's going to be a stretch for Stephen McAleer in now 16th. I oh, will have dropped back to 17th position again behind. Oh, no, he hasn't. He's got out in front of Jeff Westfall. So he's yeah. still a position better off than he was earlier on. Yeah, and and will have made now his final pit stop. I think he can get to the end from here. That shouldn't Do you think be a problem. So? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think that's going to be an issue for him. And you know, he's the last car to make, to make a uh, first car to make his last pit stop if it goes uh, green all the way. And even if, it, if there's a very short yellow, uh, the others even then might need to make a pit stop in any case. So uh, I think a great strategy well, by Team Courtoff there. Well, let's find out. Here's Mike Skeen with Shea Adam from the team. All right, Mike, are you the first of the last stoppers? Is that what was going on? Stephen can make it 58 minutes on a tank of fuel. Yeah, we should be good to go from here. Uh, a little bit of a stretch maybe, but I think we're right on the number. Guys did a good final stop, and uh, he's got a good car, so hopefully we can get a little lucky here with some yellows or something to catch up. But, um, yeah, looking good. Uh, the problem that brought you guys in 20-something laps ago, that was a loose wheel? That's what it looks like. We'll have to review the footage and make sure. Uh, it's a little bit tough to understand because it was several laps after the stop, so it wasn't an immediate loose wheel, but 
Um, maybe, you know, some issue there that we haven't discovered yet. But, um, yeah, the guys did an awesome stop to give us a really good position in that early stop. And uh, it's a bit gutting to end up where we are right now. But hopefully we can salvage something. Yeah, nothing to lose. Why not roll the dice? Good luck, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. Championship leaders, let's not forget. So this will be all about how far up the field Stephen can get. Catherine Legg has stopped and she's fallen behind that court of car. And I think Gilles Gounon has just stopped as well. Oh, he's interesting. He's the first of the GTD Pro cars coming in to the pit lane. The Corvette's back in. Andy Lally is in to make his last stop. And also coming in, the 16, Jan Halen for Wright Motorsport. This has been triggered, Shea Adam, by Stephen McAleer. They don't want to get on the wrong side of a full course yellow. Where are you? I'm right across from the Corvette and the Wright Motorsport course. Flash of fuel only for Jordan Taylor. So they've gone away from their initial plans to put Antonio Garcia back in. Left side tires only for Jan Halen and 12 seconds worth of fuel. Still waiting on Andy Lally's service to be completed, but that's going to be a lot longer since he needed to put in a lot more fuel, and they've done four tires on that Aston Martin. And there was no tires on the Corvette, is that correct? No tires on the Corvette, correct. left sides only on the Porsche, and all four are on the 44 Magnus. Okay. You super got it. Super. Thank you, shit. Jeremy frantically scribbling away on his pad and his lap chart so that when we forget about that later on because we're of an age where we do that he will have a record of what happened at that last stop for those True. those days i know <laughs> i know jeremy i've worked with you long enough to know exactly what was what was going on there so stephen mackley has made up a couple of positions then from where they were after that problem they were 17th, they're now 15th. Doesn't sound like much, but in the big scheme of things for the championship, they're looking at Jan Halen in the number 16, and they're looking at the number 27, which is in sixth position, so third in class for Maxime Martin and the Heart Racing team. Here's the rest of the GTD Pro Fail. Actually, no, Jaminet hasn't come in, but BMW Team RLL and Vassar Sullivan have. So, Auburn. And uh, Ellis have gone through. John Edwards and Ben Barnicott in. Oh, puncture. Right rear puncture for Magnus and the Aston Martin. And so that car will have to come back in again as well. So that's going to be uh, a, another position made up for Stephen McAlee. That car's just come out the pits. What's happened there? Was the tyre not seated or has he had side-by-side -side contact? Not sure. Fuel only for Lexus, fuel and all four tyres for the 25 GTD Pro Puma BMW. More tool sponsorship on there as well. Well, that is extraordinary for Andy Lally. Literally had just been into the pit lane and the right rear tyre is off the rim. Now, did he push too hard over a kerb on the outlap, Jeremy? Ah, surely not, Andy. Surely no. not, Andy. That's not a mistake he would make. Very unlikely. Certainly, uh, it's a, uh, a real disappointment because they had a really, really good run going there. They were certainly going to lose some time you know, making that longer pit stop there, but uh, they called the strategy absolutely perfectly. Uh, but uh, now that's going to put them right at the back. Sure, Adam will... Hustle on down there and find out if that was contact or 
some other travail that has befallen them. 52 minutes to go. And oh, that is that rear tyre isn't coming off that easily either. As Faf are in from the lead. Matthew Jabinier, Shea Adam heading down towards you with 51 and a half minutes to go. How many tyres and how much fuel? That's the question. Well, it's going to be at least the left side tires. No, at least the rear tires. That's the change that they are doing for the fat Porsche and waiting on the fueling. The guy is still on the hood of the car. Now he goes out. Wow, just a splash of fuel, but new rear tires for the Porsche. So that's four tires well, for the BMW, no tires for the Corvette, and just rears for the Porsche. Different strategies for everybody. We've had the full set apart from a set of fronts on there. Uh, left side, which are the working side here at VIR. We've had all four, we've had none, and now we've had rear tyres only for the Porsche. You've got to be a bit careful with that, although they haven't been out there that long, have they? What, some nine laps or so? Can upset, well, actually a little bit more than that, out 11 laps, but even so, you can upset the balance of a car, Jeremy, changing the uh, the backs uh, adjust the backs and it'll be a couple of laps before that sorts itself out for Matthew Jaminet. He'll, uh, he'll have plenty of heat in the front tyres and nothing at all in the backs, but that rear engine Porsche should warm them up fairly quickly, I would have thought. Yeah, I'm just wondering why the 20, number 25 car is so far back compared to uh, the other cars. They, um, have, they, they did have a 35-second stationary pit stop on their stop. They have made their third stop, so they're good to yeah. the end. But they were yeah. stationary for a little bit longer. But they did do all four tyres. That's not, correct. Not, yeah. not that that's... Well, maybe they took a little bit extra time because they wouldn't have needed full fuel. But they did do all four tyres, Jeremy. Yeah. So that may account for some of that. Well, now we've gone from the analogy of a boxing match earlier on. I am going to pull another one out from my sports watching of many years. And this now is a bit like watching... The relays, the sprint relays in athletics, in track and field, play out. Because what we've got here now is we are waiting for the stagger to unwind. There you go. Declan Brennan knew exactly where I was going with that before I even started the sentence, I bet. Because we've got such different tactics here. Brian Sellers leads the motor race in GTD and overall, but is yet to make their final stop. They are 12 laps into the stint. I don't believe I don't believe anybody who's 12 laps into their stint at the moment could go to the end. Another 50 minutes. Uh, Alex Ribaras came in for a splash. They, they have been out 8 laps. Ryan Eversley's been out 9 laps. Uh Jan Halen's only been out a couple, so they think they can go. It's going to be yep. very interesting. Uh, Magnus Racing, by the way, Shea's already spoken to them. Thank you, Shea. Uh, Andy thinks he ran over something coming out of the pits, which caused the problem on the right way. Can't buy luck, can you, Jeremy? No, that's 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 uh, a heartbreaker for that team. Uh, there's so much enthusiasm there at Magnus Racing. It's really cool. Uh, and uh, to have themselves in that position, running up front for for, you know, for several laps there, and and uh, that's exactly what they needed. So the Chevrolet looking at the back again of the Porsche. 
coming down to complete a, another lap. So still to stop, we believe, are the top five. So seven, I think. Stop, top seven, really. Okay. Well, number twenty-three car. Was that a penalty? That car. Yeah, that was a penalty. That was a penalty. So they can't. So that's a good I, point. Well remembered. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I think top seven. I think. Was the fifty-one a penalty? As well. Yeah. That too many been people over the wall. Correct. That was too many yeah. people over the wall. So you're right, Jeremy. It's the top seven. Mathieu Jaminet, Faf, with uh, the battle that's going on with Jordan Taylor, uh, just at the moment, uh, heading. Uh, up through the snake and up to the S's. So he turns five, six, and seven onwards. Uh, is effectively the leader of the motor race in terms of having done last pit stops. That's the first car to have done the last pit stop. Jordan Taylor, Jan Halen, Barnicut, et al. Yeah, Barnicut's slipping back, isn't he? He's, he's slipping up behind uh, Jan Halen now, who's really charging along. Uh, and is right in contention in the number six C car. He has made his final stop, and he's looking very, very good all of a sudden. Yes. Yeah, absolutely agree. So 46 minutes, 46 and a half minutes still to go. A couple of warnings for a couple of cars failing to adhere to the requirements. I have no idea what that means. Shit, Adam will find out. Um, but it, only warnings for the third place heart of racing Aston Martin and Maxime Martin uh, and the number 57 the fifth place Phil Ellis driven Winwood Racing Mercedes ah tyre requirements failing to adhere to tyre requirements sorry I didn't read that properly on the screen there tired eyes obviously uh, so Sheik can possibly find out from our pit officials uh, what tyre requirements they did not adhere to that got them a warning but at the moment no penalty for that the, that was the 27 Heart of Racing Aston and the 57 Winwood Racing Mercedes AMG failing to adhere to tyre requirements warnings for both so so not a pit lane infraction. Whoa. Jeremy, go ahead. That, that was one of the Lexuses is, is, is just uh, straight a wheel off there and something seemed to fly off or, or fly up uh, at the end of that string of dust that was thrown up in the air as well. That was, uh, I think it was, I think it was Aaron Tielitz that must have run off the road there at the exit of Oak Tree Turn. Hopefully that car's all right. Don't want to be doing that. We've seen damage being caused. It was the Winwood car, wasn't it? it uh, uh, had, no, it was the WeatherTech car, excuse me, that had to pull out one of the practice sessions, having uh, run off the kerbs and then come back on again, caused damage to the left rear suspension. So good consistent lap speed turned here by Brian Sell. It's about a second off, we, well, off his uh, ultimate best lap in the race. The fastest car on track, though, is uh, is Jan Halen at the moment. 
in that Wright Motorsports car number 16. He's running in 10th position, but he's a lot better off than that in the overall strategies. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that is... And I mean, that's, that's the thing at this stage, Jeremy. Um, we're not sure who's pulled the right strategy. There's not that much difference in the tyre performance uh, of the cars that stopped. They will be making a little bit of time. But then, what are we going to see at the end in terms of how quick the, the fuel can go in? And uh, will the guys who haven't stopped be able to hold on to some of those seconds? I, I, it's, it's intriguing to me, and that's why I love, I love these races at 2 hours and 40. I think they're a good length. Yeah. They're, a, they're a sprint endurance race, no doubt, but they're still an endurance race for my liking, and I, and I do like it a lot. Agreed. Now, this has been a particularly fascinating race. I think there is Jan Halen pushing on his uh, kind of kind of on his own at the moment because he's uh, where is it? What's his gap to the Corvette? It's actually come down a little bit. It's come down a little bit the last few laps. He's catching the Corvette little by little. It has been over the last couple of laps. He's certainly pulled away from uh, Ben Barnicat in, in that vast Southern Lexus car number 14. But meanwhile, in GTD Pro, it's Alex Ribas who leads at the moment. But I think he need, he definitely owes us a bit stop. So Matthew Jaminet in that Faf Porsche is holding the advantage. And uh, he also had the advantage, I think, of, of better tyres, new rear tyres on that Porsche. Yeah, it's no tyres for the Corvette. He's now beginning to stretch that lead just a little bit. Yeah, I like these calls. I, I, I like it when we see people just thinking outside of the box a little bit. We said in our Porsche keys to the race, what are you going to do with the pit stops? When are you going to take them? And... What tyre strategy are you going to use? Well, we had all four for the BMW, none for the Corvette. Uh, one side for one of the other cars. I think that was one of the GTDs, in fairness. The left-hand side, the working side tyres. And just rears as new Michelins for the Plaid Porsche. Now, the next thing I've got to look at, Jeremy, is to see when those cars that haven't stopped how far they can actually go and then we well I think they've got another 10 laps probably 10 or 12 laps still if they want to what's that going to give them it's going to give them 20 minutes it's going to be a little 20 minute dash to the finish isn't it and they'll not need full tank of fuel but surely they'll have to oh, put they need, tires they need on a lot, they need a lot more than, they can go a lot more than that that's for sure uh, I mean, I think you can do... I mean, Conor Filippi on his first stint did 31 laps. Uh, so he, he was the longest on Sorry, that... Sorry, say, uh, say again, Jeremy, 28, 20... Uh, 31 laps Conor oh, Filippi did really? yeah, right. on his first stint, yeah. OK, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking at 28, 29. So, yeah, you're right if they could do that. Brian Sellis has just clicked over 17 laps, as has Aaron Tealitz and Maxime Martin and Bill Obel and, and Phil Ellis. Uh, and, and actually the same for um, Alex Ribaras, although... Uh, he came for a drive-through in the middle of that. Uh, Ryan, obviously, see above comment. Uh, so that top seven have all been out. Uh, the top five, rather, of all six have all been out. Seven have all been out. I'll go back to where I was because obviously had a drive-through as well. Have all been out for 17 laps. So they've got maybe 12, 13 laps to go. So what's that? It's going to be 15. 16, a bit more than that. It's going to be 20 minutes. So they're going to have 20 minutes to go, to go at the end of the race, aren't they? 
But they have to put tyres on, Jeremy, don't they? They can't seriously if they think. Yeah. yeah, if they've got new tyres, or even if they've got part one tyres that are better than their own, they surely can't think they're going to get the kind of of performance at the end. Um, even if they don't need a full tank of fuel, which they won't. Correct, but the tricky thing is there, you, the longer you stay out, the less fuel you need, yep. therefore the shorter the stop, therefore the le- the uh, the the more pressure there is on the tyre changes to get that tyre change done. You don't want to waste any any extra time in the pit lane changing tyres if the fuel fuel is already in. So that's that's some, you know yet another thing that the teams kind of need to pay attention to. Yeah, what they could be doing, Jeremy. I'm, is... I'm just I'm still trying to figure out how the number 25 car is so far behind. What they could be doing at the front of the, the field is you need a finite amount of fuel, so it doesn't matter. Um, how far you go in if if you need 20 minutes of fuel you need 20 minutes of fuel but they might not have 20 minutes of fuel space in the tank right now so they'll be burning down to when they think they can get enough in the tank to get them to the end yeah and the the Vassar Sullivan team by the way thanks to Kevin Diamond uh, the number 12 car which is currently running in in second place uh, and hanging right with Brian Sellers uh, they've told Aaron T he's going to need six seconds of fuel oh. uh, sometime in the next 15 minutes. Yeah. So they've got pl- you know, plenty of time yet before they need to make a stop, but that's when the, the, the change was made. You didn't mention tyres there. It's not, it's not stupid. It's Kevin. <laughs> he's been around the sport a long, long time. Um, but, um, you know, that, that's... So, so we've got, what, 38 minutes remaining in this race, and we're expecting the Lexus in sometime in the next 15. At the end of the race, the chequered flag finishes the competition but it's only the start of our conversation Michelin post race tech will continue uh, after the checkered flag of the interviews Jeremy will crunch the numbers on the points Cher will grab some people to talk to and you set the agenda in terms of what we talk about hashtag Michelin PRT at IMSA radio do you want questions answered is there something that you have seen that you don't understand points are rising what have you noticed what do you think about this format for the GT cars. What do you think about VIR? If you're at the track at the moment, how are you enjoying the upgrades and the new camping areas that have been opened up uh, this year that haven't uh, had access in previous years? Hashtag Michelin PRT at IMSA Radio after the checkered flag. Stay with us uh, on RS2 IMSA Radio. Let's do a quick VP Racing Fuel rundown with 37 minutes to go. The GT Pro fields are uh, mixed in with the GTD. So let's take it from the top. Number one is number one. Paul Miller Racing. Brian Sellers leading by eight-tenths of a second to Aaron Tielitz for Vassar Sullivan in the 12 in second place. They're just heading up through to the bridge and heading up through the S's now. Maxime Martin is another five seconds further back for the number 27 mm. Hart Racing team. Then Turner Motorsport is right in behind them with the liquid molly car that's the 96 white with the red and blue flashes on that's bill orbel and phil ellis is right there for winwood in the black and blue number 57. then we have the first the gtd pros but we think these are, these are all fueled to the finish where those top five uh, may not be um uh, actually alex Riberas is is not because uh, his extra pit stop was for the drive-through wasn't it so matthew jamine is the first car we reckon fueled till the end in seventh position for Faf Motorsports. Then it's Ryan Eversley for Rick Ware Racing, the number 51 there, 16th class, eighth overall. Jordan Taylor for Corvette is ninth. 
the number three car, but third in their class. Jan Heerlen in the blue and black, number 16. Seventh in GTD, but uh, really effectively leading GTD in terms of the cars we think can go to the end from here. That number 16 car in 10th overall. Ben Barnaker for Vassar Sullivan, the RCF GT3. Is he saving a bit of fuel? Is that why he's dropped back? The number 14 car uh, in 11th position, fourth in class. Jill Schoonon for WeatherTech Racing in the 79th. The white Mercedes AMG is in 12th, 8th in GTD. John Edwards for BMW Team RLL. The 25 black and red car is in 13th, 5th in GTD Pro. And then we've got the rest of GTDs. Ninth in GTD, this is a bit of a fight back. 14th overall for Stephen McAleer, Team Kortoff Motorsport. Little bit of fuel saving required for him, but he thinks they can get to the end. May yet make up some more positions. Then it's Catherine Lake who is fueled to the end. Then it's Jeff Westfall and Andy Lally, all fueled to the end. Ali, uh, Andy Lally, uh, a lap off the pace. And that is the VP Racing Fuel in race update. Getting racy in that battle between Bill Orbelin and Phil Ellis. But for the moment, Bill, Jeremy Shaw, well, has repelled uh, the attentions of that AMG. Yeah, and both of them, of course, are behind Maxi Martin, who is now slipping back at a fairly prodigious rate from the two leaders. What are we looking at here in this replay? It's the... Uh, is, is Phil Ellis trying another bump and run? I hope not. That was uh, that was a I turn. I really don't like this. That I was really a turn like four uh, a couple of corners ago. Yeah. And here he comes again to the left-hand yeah. side on Madison Avenue, down towards down towards the top of the roller coaster. It's all about respect. This 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 sport, from my perspective, and um, I know our, our our chief steward who really does an excellent job, Bo Barfield. Um, he he likes to. He likes to say to drivers, race other people like you would like to be raced yourself. Yeah. I wouldn't like to be raced, by the way, that that pass was made earlier on by the Windward Racing uh, Mercedes. And I think that's probably why he hasn't kind of pushed his luck so far since then, because those two are falling back from the two leaders. Brian Sellers and Aaron Tielitz are edging away now by, about, well, the last few laps, about a second a lap, in actual fact, over Maxime Martin, who is just ahead of Bill Oblin and Phil Ellis. So these two leaders, Brian Sellers and Aaron Tielitz, number, number one, Paul Miller Racing BMW, and number 12, Vassar Sullivan Lexus, are pulling away now pretty rapidly from the rest. Turning very consistent lap time. Actually, a very good lap time yeah. last time. Well, no, yeah, consistent lap times, high 46s or very low 47s. That'll do for now. Hello to Simi, Rich and Aaron, as tweeted at IMSA Radio. They're on the grounds here at VIR. First time here. The, one of the last IMSA tracks to visit on our bucket list of hitting them all. An amazing facility, wrapping up the race, having walked up to Oak Tree and spectating from there. Loving listening to you all. Aaron and Simi, thank you very much for the tweet. Uh, and uh, don't forget at some stage to say thank you to the good folks at, at VIR now. Corrigan Smith, Connie Nihom do a great job uh, there. And the consistent... Uh, uh, investment and improvement in infrastructure for fans, teams uh, and us broadcasters alike is uh, much appreciated. Looks an absolute picture again this weekend. And as I said earlier, some uh, new areas to camp and to park uh, being added to this huge area in which the track sits. It's, uh, 
delighted to say we'll be back again next year. The dates are already out, by the way, at IMSA, uh, sorry, IMSA.com. Next year's schedule already out, announced at the State of Sport by John Doonan at Rhoda Murriga. And all the details of which series is going where, which sets of series and classes within the series for WeatherTech are going where, are already having been announced. So you can start planning 2023. 2023, the year that GTP comes back to IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Racing. And I can't wait. Those cars look fantastic. Some worry that they might not be. I've got them here this weekend and they will be here next year. Some worry that they might not be as quick as the current DPIs. Probably not quite as quick. DPIs are the fastest prototype endurance sports cars in the world right now by some margin. Uh, but the initial testing has shown that the new GTPs are plenty quick enough and a bit quicker than the simulations. Proof that the uh, the drivers and the engineers can wring a bit more out of them than the ones and zeros in the sims. Don't think we saw what happened on that last lap, did we, John? But uh, all of a sudden, Phil Ellis got bored sitting behind Bill Oblin and Maxime Martin. He's gone past both of them. Oh, wow. Now, so up into third place for Winwood Racing. I don't think we saw how no. that happened. If it did, I was looking away from the screen. Uh, and he's, he's already pulled out two seconds over Maxime Martin. So uh, Phil Ellis is once again super fast. That's the car that won here. Uh, won the last race, I should say, started on the pole position as well. So it's been a really, really good comeback after that uh, after that problem earlier on. They're a bit lucky probably with the full course caution. Uh, but hey, be lucky and good is, is exactly what you want. So we can see now how quick that car is and how quickly he could perhaps close in on those two leaders. Let's go down to Shea Adam with news from the pit lane. Shea? Uh, don't forget that 57 Windward Racing Mercedes lost a ton of time on their first stop as well when they had an air gun failure and they had to bring the secondary one around the left front of the car. Yeah, very well remembered, Shit. Thank you for that. I knew there'd been something. I just couldn't bring it yeah, to mind. Inside, that's why we have Shea, Jeremy. <laughs> so. Inside so the, the other guy who's hour. still flying is, is Jan Halen, who's got, just got past Ryan Eversley a couple of laps ago. Left him far behind already by three seconds inside two laps. So number 16 car up into ninth position. And we reckon he's good to go on fuel and he is charging hard. And uh, on a pretty consistent basis, he has been certainly up among the fastest cars on the track, anyhow. Don't forget, at IMSA Radio, hashtag Michelin PRT. Uh, let's have your submissions for our post-race tech show. We'll grab a few interviews and see what else uh, we can grab for you as Jeremy will give you the all-important rundown of the numbers as we head into the final race of the year at Motul Petit-Lamont in uh, just on a month's time. Quick reminder, shameless plug for next weekend here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Two rounds of the Porsche Carrera Cup North America presented by Visit CaymanIslands.com. Practice qualifying and both races uh, from Indianapolis Motor Speedway as part of the sports car together festival the second time that we've had the porsche sports car together festival and uh, we'll be covering that for you as well and Worth a them. new entrant for that race john yes 
Oh, yes, 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 go yes. on, you do it. Yes, go on. Uh, well, uh, uh, Ray Evanham Racing will be back running a car there for none other than Jeff Gordon, uh, who has been itching to get back uh, into... He, he's watched the races, he sees how much fun it is, he wants to have a play, and he's going to do exactly that at Indianapolis next weekend. That is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm told that that was a car that Jeff has bought. That's not a given yeah. from Porsche. It is not a guest car. That, a car, that is a 992 Carrera Cup car that has uh, been bought by Jeff Gordon. He is obviously uh, very senior in the Hendrick organisation. Uh, and it'll be Hendrick and Ray Evan Ham Racing who run that car next weekend. I can't wait. Uh, I, it's, I mean, there's going to be... 34, 35 cars on track together, which makes it one of the biggest Carrera Cup fields in the world, on the road cars course at IMS uh, and Jeff Gordon um, is back out of what is it, nearly a decade now since he drove uh, professionally and he is back racing in that Porsche Carrera Cup presented by Visit Cayman Islands next weekend we'll have both races and the qualifying sessions uh, and indeed, the practice sessions uh, in audio, but both races live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV uh, will have that video for you as well on the live video button around the world and here in the US. And as I've never been inside the environs of Indianapolis Motor Speedway, I can tell you that I am very excited indeed for Seriously? that trip. I've driven past it once, Jeremy. Never had the chance to go there and work or to see racing there. So I, I am going to be totally tourist bound and uh, go and do the uh, go and do the museum and we've got a couple of interviews to do with some of the the staff there and we'll have some of that on Midweek Motorsport next week which my part of which will be uh, live from Indianapolis Motor Speedway that's three o'clock Eastern on RS1 uh, over on uh, RadioLamont.com next week as we build up to that IMSA sanctioned pair of races next weekend and then we've only got a couple of weeks more to race before we're back together again at uh, Road Atlanta for Motul Petit Le Mans traditional end of the season plenty of championships still up for grabs however possibly one all but one or potentially even one today if the results fall correctly in GTD Pro for the FAFT guys yeah, this is going to be a in really interesting end to this race. Phil Ellis uh, in that third position, that win with Mercedes. Uh, he's uh, five seconds he's pulled out over Maxime Martin in just uh, four laps. So uh, clearly no match there. And uh, the, the, the deficit to the, to the leading pair is now under six seconds. It was seven and a half four laps ago when he got up into third position. So he's getting a little bit closer, but not he, he's not catching the two leaders as, as quickly as he's pulling away from the two cars he's just overtaken. Uh, Shit, Adam, down in the pit lane. Um, any biting of nails, any looking like people are getting up on the wall because we've still got the first, what, six cars that need to come into the pits for a splash of fuel? 
And of course their pit boxes are nowhere near each other, so I just keep walking back and forth and back and forth, and nope, <laughs> still no movement on any of the walls. Although I was told the Lexus will be pitting soon, although the crew guys, uh, they're not stressing themselves yet. And the sun has moved into a position, John, where there is absolutely zero shade to be found on the actual pit lane. So if you were to be standing on the wall, you'd be out here melting like the officials and myself. Yes, 83 layer Nomex. Uh, track temperature 37 Celsius, that's 98 Fahrenheit. Air temperature 91 Fahrenheit, 33 Celsius. So toasty, 56% humidity. And goodness, it's far more temperate than that in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. It's been a good drive by Phil Ellis in terms of his lap times. A little bit of contact uh, that has raised an eyebrow or two uh, here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. But uh, that Mercedes showing no sign of damage, AMG GT3, as he heads down towards the roller coaster for the 73rd time. And 23 minutes to go, Jeremy. Mm. What do we reckon? Uh, we've got those leading cars on 26 laps since the last pit stop. Um, you said 31, you'd seen somebody do 31. That was the BMW, wasn't it? The RLL BMW. So maybe six or seven more minutes, eight minutes, possibly. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, it, it, I don't think they're going to have enough time to change tyres. No, that could be the critical thing, and that's that's what's the the interesting part of this of this race for me and and the strategies uh, as to uh, how many tyres you've got to put on these cars. I'm not sure. Right, I, I'll put this out there. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what they were hoping for. If there'd been another full-course yellow, then obviously they would have pitted, but nobody else would have, so they would have still dropped to the back, but at least it would have given them time to put on a set of tyres and then try and fight their way through. But as we said in the Porsche keys to the race, track position here is uh, is pretty important. And even with a, a grip advantage, yes, you can make better lap times, but those lap times... Making better lap times is predicated on the fact that you've got clear laps. Fighting past people uh, is, is still going to be pretty hard. Yeah, true that. True that. By the way, uh, Ryan Eversley, as uh, he, he must have some sort of a problem because he's slipping back quite rapidly now. He's just been overtaken a couple of laps ago by both Ben Barnicus in the number 14 car and Jules Gunion in number 79 WeatherTech Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, but all of a sudden he's fallen quite a long way behind them as well and back he into the clutches he, he was lifting before the starter stand past year so it's it's a huge amount of fuel save if he's if he's trying to get the, to the end i don't uh, see the point in that no i don't not when you're losing positions no uh, in uh, the and uh, here here comes brian sellers from the front of the race so just we said about 20 minutes of fuel was what was required all right that was a minute and 13 out here adam but it's all going to be down at if they can get some tyres on. Sides only for the Paul Miller Racing BMW. The old ones are off. The stickers are on. They're being sealed in. Airgun is being released from the back of the car. Brian is being sent. He will blend out behind the Corvette and behind the Andy Lally Aston Martin. But I believe he's going to get out ahead of Jan Halen. Well, let's see. Jan Halen's coming to the start-finish line now. So that was working side ties. No, Fashion Blue's just gone through. Halen's gone through. So, uh, and here comes 
the second of the Lexus as well. So that's Ben Barnicott. So he's got Shilgoon on right up his tailpipes. So working side tyres only. Left-hand side tyres only there, Jeremy, uh, for the Paul Miller Racing Team. That's their gambit for the, uh, the last 20 minutes of this race. Yeah, uh, and the, the, the number 16 car has been nowhere in this race, quite frankly, uh, up until you know, that, uh, the, the restart here. I mean, it was running in 14th position uh, before the uh, round of pit stops. It was actually running in 15th when we got the restart. Then there were a couple of penalties. Then uh, Jan turned some really good laps, had their final pit stop back on lap 655. We're now done 74. And he's been absolutely flying since then. It's been a tremendous performance by Jan Halen once again. Yeah, he's been outstanding this year, hasn't oh, he? Another note, by the way, uh, that uh, um, Stephen McAleer has got past John Edwards. Oh. Number 32 car then, ahead of number 25. It's not a class gain for him, but uh, he's now a lot, and he's also closing quite rapidly on Ryan Eversley, who oh. is still running, you know, five seconds off the pace. Uh, he, he must have a problem. He can't, he can't be just saving fuel, surely. He's only nine seconds ahead of Stephen McAleer. So the... Uh, the the fight back for that wow. car was... That wasn't six seconds, through. was it? Uh, I don't think that was six seconds. Shea was closer than we were. There, uh, they did seem to struggle just a little bit getting the fuel nozzle in from my vantage point, Shea, but you were closer than me. What could you see on that number 12 Lexus, the Vassar Sullivan car for Aaron Tielitz? Well, they lost about two seconds trying to get the fuel nozzle in, and then they pulled the refueler after it had only been attached for three. So that is very tight. Wow. Okay. No tires, of course, there. No time to do the tires with such a quick stop for Aaron Tielitz. Yeah. I so think this that is where be... the stagger is going to unwind. That's what this is what I was talking about earlier on. At the front of the field, Phil Ellis, Winwood Racing, Maxime Martin. Part of racing team as Bill Oberlin right up his Aston Martin uh, rear end. Alex Riberas also has to stop. He leads GTD Pro at the moment. So Phil Ellis with a healthy 10.2 second lead. What's he got back to Jan Halen? That's what we've got to think. He's got 30 seconds back to Jan Halen. Um, so that's the time he's got to play it with. I don't think that's enough. I think that's probably four or five seconds short. He's going across the start finish now, the leader of the motor race at GTD. And Jan is coming to the top of the hill now in the roller coaster. Now, that's not enough time. That is not enough time. He needs a good four or five seconds more than that to be somewhere near it. Phil Ellis is still out in front, of course, and uh, he still needs to make a pit stop, uh, by my yeah. reckoning. Yeah, that's what, uh, just, but, that's what I'm just saying, yeah. uh, Jeremy. And he, is, and he just went green in his final sector, oh, so really? he's pushing really, really hard, is Phil Ellis in that Winwood Racing Mercedes. I, I think he needs about four or five seconds more of a gap than he's got, Jeremy, to, to pressure Jan Heerlen. Um Then it's another three seconds back to Brian Sellers, uh, and then it's another three seconds back to Shield Gunon. That's who he's racing uh, right now. Um, Aaron Tielitz is in the mix there as well, though, isn't it? He's about the same. So those are the cars that they set. They, 
the 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. So Jules is 36. I think he can probably get in and out without the WeatherTech car going past. Brian is 32, call it 33 at the minute for Paul Miller Racing. That's too tight, but both Aaron Tielitz and Jan Heerland are only 30 seconds. And, and I just don't think that's enough for Phil Ellis to get in, get a splash of fuel and get back out again. Well, the real question here, John, I think is, did they get enough fuel in that Lexus? Well, I, 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 your info was that they needed six seconds. Yeah, it was. That wasn't six seconds, was it? Uh, it didn't look like it. There was station. <laughs> what did they do for five, six? But somebody was counting too quickly. Yeah, there was only stationary. Shea's just said, by the counter on the side of the car, which tells you how long the car is stationary, that was owning at five. The fuel hose was fumbled, and so at least a couple of seconds was wasted there. So, okay, interesting. So, yeah, very interesting. And uh, Phil Ellis has just said his best lap of the race, 145.640 on that last lap. Uh, Maxime Martin and Bill Oblin, are they trying to stretch their fuel to I get to the are. end here? Uh, because uh, yeah, they're only a second or so off their fastest laps, but um, there's no sign of blinking there. I mean, if there's a full course caution, they could be okay. But uh, I don't know. This is, uh, I mean, I, I don't see how they can possibly stretch their fuel that far. I mean, it was no. an hour and eight minutes when we went green. Yeah. And um, I don't think that's doable. I really don't. But, and we're still 15 uh, minutes to go, them. Jeremy. 15 minutes potentially yeah, plus a lap, of course, exactly depending right. when. So it could be as much as 16 yeah. and a half minutes. Uh, and in fact, Chase just told me that both of those teams now, Winwood and uh, Turner, are on the wall. No sign of heart of racing yet, but Winwood and Turner are on the wall. So that's imminent. Yeah. Okay, fine. So uh, then uh, looking for bit farther back. Aaron Tielitz just got out ahead of Jan, Jan Halen and Brian Sellers. So those three cars are scrapping now for what is at the moment seventh position overall. No sign of heart of racing team there on the wall yet. So what do they know that we don't? Because you're absolutely certain that they're... Well, OK, sorry. I'll take this back. I'll ask it as a question. Uh, surely they won't be gambling at this stage of the championship. Remember our Porsche keys the race, thinking about the championship and the implications that that has, particularly in the last 15 minutes of the race. Surely they're not going to be gambling their championship position, which could be the lead of the championship, Jeremy, by running the car out of, the, out of fuel with three or four laps to go. Right. Agreed. Uh, you you do you don't want to take that. that that's Martin's too big of a just been passed by by Turner Motorsport. So Martin, Phil Ellis, and finally, Phil Ellis is 15, 16 seconds up the road now. Orbland's just yeah. gone through a 49.6 for Martin that time around. The other thing is about fuel saving. You can't decide to fuel save and stretch your fuel when you're in the last quarter or the last few laps of your tank you've got to do that from the beginning and losing three or four seconds a lap for the last five or six laps is not the way to do this you've got to lose half a second a lap or three quarters of a second of a lap or, or lift yeah. of course jeremy right across the whole 32 lap stint haven't you well you have uh which he which he maybe has been doing but uh you know, bill oblin now is up into second position and but he's about he lost. to pit 
he, yeah, and he lost more than two seconds to Phil Ellis on that last lap. And meanwhile, um, Matthew Jaminet is absolutely flying along there in the in the next position. Uh, Tim Fulbrook can Faf take the championship today? He's tweeted that at Ipswich. They, he can. They can. They need other things to go their way. Winning, yeah, obviously, they have to win, uh, and then it's about the other other championship uh, positions. Turner Motorsport in Bill Oberlin out of second in the race with 12 minutes to go. Shea Adam, start counting and tell me when that horse goes in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight seconds worth of fuel for Bill Oberlin. Wow, okay. That makes that stop by the Lexus look even more yeah, dodgy, I think it, Jeremy. I think it was a miscue. I think that the, the, the uh, when they started counting, they, they, they started counting when they thought the fuel nozzle went in. Uh, I mean, uh, this is this is guesswork, and I hope I'm wrong, but uh, it, it certainly, uh, yeah, I, I think that could back, come back and haunt them. Yes, absolutely. So Oberlin drops down to... He's in behind the number 14 and number 79. So he's seventh in GTD. So he's still ahead of Ryan Eversley, who is driving very slowly indeed. Um, but he's still out there, Eversley. And, well, actually, do you know what? He's picked up his pace a bit, a 48-2 last time around for Ryan. Stephen McAleer doing a 48-3 is up to... Ninth position, and that was looking. I mean, he's made up what three positions for Team Court off. Uh, he and the team have worked well after that issue with the loose wheel. Uh, came in as championship leaders this weekend, Team Court off, and he's only 1.3 seconds behind Ryan Eversley. So he might even make up another position there, and that'll be another handful of points. It looks like. They could still hold on to the championship lead this weekend, depending on where everybody else finishes, Jeremy, that caught off uh, Mercedes team. Absolutely right. Yeah, they could. And uh, they're certainly trying hard to make that happen. I think it's probably unlikely at this stage, but uh, look, there's still uh, there's still 10 minutes to go in this race, plus, of course, another uh, 10 hours at Petit Le Mans. Good point. Uh, but uh, look, the gap between the, the Faf, Porsche and the Corvette... Uh, that's actually come down a bit the last few laps. It's around about three seconds. I would imagine that Matthew Jamily is just kind of managing things at this point uh, because uh, Taylor was just a little bit quicker on that last lap. This super battle a little bit farther back down the road with Tielitz having made that stop, still ahead of Jan Halen, who was struggling to keep Brian Sellers behind him. Sellers, of course, two fresh tyres on that BMW. Yeah. Tealitz question mark over the fuel but has made his what they thought was their, was their last stop so this potentially is first, second and third in GTD at the moment hearing that Phil Ellis for Windward Racing will be in at the end of this lap, that's going to be just under nine minutes and the now peels off into the pit lane where is Phil there he is in the pit lane should have just looked out the window excellent Shea Adam watching this one one two three 
four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine seconds worth of fuel for Phil. So yeah, the Lexus stop. Mm. The thing that's making me really nervous, John, there is no sign of life at Heart of Racing as far as coming in and making a pit stop for the 27. They've been out there for 35 laps now for Maxime Martin. That's as much as we've seen anybody do any time yeah. during this race, Jeremy. Yeah. So they Three must of which have, was the, under yellow. Yes, true. Yeah, there's some yellow in that. I mean, they, they would have brim-filled that car when it was last in. But uh, they've been out there time-wise now for what... Uh, 36, so well over an hour already. Uh, an hour and 10, getting on for an hour and eight minutes, an hour and nine minutes. Uh, as Carbon are on the wall now. Yeah, they've just closed right up onto the tail of Catherine Leg. Jeff Westfall has been charging along in that car. Uh, that was the, the one that was punted off earlier on by number 57 uh, and uh, had some, some uh, uh, I guess, puncture on the right rear, so they lots cost them a lot of time and Jeff's been charging highly just made it onto the tail of Catherine Legg's car trying to challenge for position and now he's going to make a stop I think whoops who was that off the road uh, that was it one of the Aston Martins uh, that was let me work it out by where they are it was Alex Reberas yeah in the pro car the number 23 Aston Martin Vantage he is ahead of this battle for the net lead of GTD Maxime Martin Oh, here it is, down, down into the top of the roller coaster. Thought it was going to be a run down the inside for the number 16 Porsche of Jan Halen. Um, Maxime Martin at the moment, powering the Heart of Racing Aston Martin by the power of thought, uh, as well as the fumes of VP Racing Fuel. Entirely certain yeah. how they're doing this, but this is outstanding stuff. And still lead yeah. the motor race. Now, Chamonix is catching them. They don't care about whether they win the race overall. But yes, they do. Of course they do. It's fatuous to say they don't. But that's not that important to them. What they're thinking of, why is there a number two on the side of that car? It should be a number one uh, on the side of Maxime Martin's car. There's nobody else ahead of him in GTD. Uh, anyway, they, they would love to win the race outright. They would be delighted, though, if the two pro cars behind went through and no uh, am cars did no gtd cars did so yeah uh, phil, so that, phil ellis by the way is also the other car that owes us a stop doesn't he no 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 he's just been in oh yes and he, he has. and he has rejoined ahead of that battle quite a long way ahead of that battle between tealitz halen and sellers number All 12 right. 16 and one so he is ahead of that lot uh, so that's the net lead then. golden absolutely yeah. right that's Assu the net lead well, if if Martin either runs out of fuel or needs to stop, yes, absolutely right. So it's been a tremendous charge there from uh, from Phil Ellis. Is Brian Sellers trying to get a run again on that Porsche of Jan Halen? He's going to pull sort of a lot more. Him. Yes, completely alongside him. him. Wow. He's got him going into the top of the roller coaster. It goes left first, but then it goes right. No, that's a super move by both of those drivers. Now, can that BMW? deal with the front-engined Lexus RCF GT in front. Meantime, at the sharp end of the race, 
Phil Ellis gives, excuse me, Maxime Martin gives up the race. Alex Riberas is in in the sister car. Now, Riberas was in at exactly the same time as Maxime Martin, but he has had one further run down the pit lane for his drive through. Four seconds of fuel for the 23 car. Four seconds of fuel confirmed by Shea as well as the digital counter on the side. They can't. Four and a half minutes to go. It's three more laps. That's going to be 40 laps, Jeremy. And only the first only the first one, I think, was under yellow. That went straight back. They were, they were one or two. Uh, t- oh, Brian's gone past Teelitz as well. Brian Sellers has gone past Teelitz. So now there's 11 seconds between... Uh, Brian Sellers and Phil Ellis. Brian with those new left-side Michelin still will be giving a little bit of performance advantage. The cars are getting lighter and lighter as well, of course. Surely, Martin, why would they gamble? Why would they gamble? Well, I mean, if, if they're this close, if there was a full course caution, they'd be, they'd probably be, be fine. Yeah, but yeah, agree. Yeah. So that's, yeah, you know, I guess that's the gamble they're taking. I mean. They're a lot closer than I thought they were going to be, that's for sure. Well, that's because they've done uh, an hour and... They've done an hour and 13 minutes, Jeremy. Right, right. An hour and 13 minutes, or 20... Three, se- uh, uh, three oh. to go. And oh. it's going to be two more... Uh, going to be two more laps, I think. Two more laps after this one? I think so. That's extraordinary if they can make that happen. Absolutely extraordinary. 38 laps completed. So that's going to give them 41 laps on this tank of fuel. I hope there's something in there to get the fuel sample. Because they'll be nearly dry, surely. This is extraordinary. We've seen this before. We have seen this before, Jeremy. And it may be that Martin was on full fuel save right from the beginning and running a lean map. Uh, that, that's yeah. that's what I think has happened. Remember Richard Westbrook stunning us all at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Sega. That's where he got the pink bunny, pink fluffy bunny slippers comment from. Well, they've just lost the lead in the class. So that's Phil Ellis back to the lead in the Winwood car. Yeah, he's been abs- he's absolutely flying. And he, he's not out of the wrong possibility. He could actually win this race overall. Don't think he's quite going to catch those two ahead of him, but he's absolutely flying. But I reckon that, but that was the tenth lead change in this race, by the way, uh, when the uh, number nine car re- regained the lead. There, yes, it did lead yes, for one lap earlier on. Yes, it did. Yeah, a couple of laps. A couple of on. laps earlier on. Yeah, on the pit stop uh, turnover. Uh, and there's a change that yes, number seventy-nine car, uh, Jules Gunion. He's White got flag uh, this time. He's closed. He's closed right in onto the tail of Aaron Tielitz and Jan Halen as well. White flag this time around, Jeremy, for the yeah. Haggerty driveway Faf Porsche. And Mathieu Jaminet has three seconds in hand. Jordan Taylor for Corvette Racing is under pressure from Phil Ellis, who's just assumed the lead of GTD. Maxime Martin on full fuel safe has three and a quarter miles to go. And where is Brian Sellers? He's eight seconds behind as he crossed the line. My goodness me, what a strategy. And it could net them the championship lead going into Motul Petit Le Mans, you know. 
Jeremy will be doing the arithmetic Michelin Porsche race tech to come. We've seen it all here. We've seen how cagey they were in the first run, saving fuel all throughout the field. Side-by-side -side action, bit of trading pain, a couple of bump-and-run manoeuvres. And some great pit-stop strategy. The last two hours and 39 minutes have had absolutely everything. Halfway round now, and the leading three cars are all coming out onto the back straight at Madison Avenue. They're all in the same TV shot. Down towards, well, you could almost coast home from here. What about Maxine Martin in that number 27? And where's Brian Sellers? Brian Sellers is closing in on him. They're halfway up Madison Avenue and Sellers is closing in on Martin. That is nowhere near eight seconds now. This could be a dash to the line. Any cough or splutter from the 27 could see them give up another position. But at the front of the field, it's Porsche power, two rear Michelin tyres and some brilliant strategy from FAF Motorsports. See them take the Michelin GT Challenge at this festival of GT racing at VIR. And they have done as much as they can to try and clinch the championship, going through to win in GTD, Phil Ellis and Winwood Racing, Russell Ward is with Shea Adam. Russell Ward, race winner once again in IMSA, back-to-back -back wins for Winwood Racing and four consecutive victories for you and the team. The big momentum is on your side at the end of the season. What's it like to be a winner at VIR? Yeah, I mean, our first time here in the in the GT3 in the WeatherTech Challenge, and, and I mean, man, we make it so difficult for ourselves sometimes, but the, the pace of the car was great, especially on the older tires, and, I mean, we just nailed the strategy. So, you know, hats off to the crew. Fueler did a great job because that last pit stop was so critical. You came in, it was just perfect. So, awesome feeling. Great job. Congrats, Winward. Thank you. Two IMSA wins, two SRO wins in their last four outings. They are unbeaten and they will take that momentum into Michelin Road Atlanta and Motul Petit Le Mans. FAF Motorsports have won in GTD Pro with Jordan Taylor just eight tenths of a second at the line. It'll be Ben Barnicut for Vassa Sullivan in third. Fourth, Alex Ribeiras for Hart Racing Aston Martin and fifth, BMW. Don't think, Jeremy, that's quite enough on the points side of things no. for FAF to clinch the championship. No. But I think they don't have to do very much more than start at Petit Le Mans, do they? No, I think that's what it boils down to. It depends how many cars. We're going to have a few more cars in GTD Pro for uh, Petit Le Mans, I believe. So that that'll uh, yeah, that'll that means it's it's, hard, it's impossible to say right now whether that is clinching. But certainly, yeah, they 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 do need to start that final race at the very least. Uh, but this will move Corvette back up into second position now, ahead of the Vassar Sullivan wow. 14 car. So Garcia and Taylor now have uh, got 29.08 points. They're now, what's that, uh, 14 points, uh, 16 points ahead of Ben Barnicat. And Maddie Campbell's on 31.73, so he's got a lead now of 265 points, which is a pretty stout lead. And it's going to be very difficult to, to stand back that back. So uh, win number 
uh, five on the season for Faf Motorsports. A brilliant run for them. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And just rewards. No, it doesn't work like that. But there's a team who moved south of the border to support IMSA during the big yellow. And uh, they deserve all the luck that they might have had. They haven't had that much luck, actually. They've just been very, very good and executed uh, to the nth degree. Good fight back by Team Courtoff after that loose wheel. Stephen McAleer ends up 12th overall, 8th in GTD, when it looked quite frankly like it might be dead last for a while in 12th position. So a few extra points garnered there for the team that came into this weekend leading GTD, Jeremy. Some of their rivals yep. ahead of them. I'll let you do that uh, bit of arithmetic while Shea talks to the team. Matthew Campbell, we said earlier it felt a lot like Lamrock and hey, feels a lot like Lamrock once again. Uh, race winners, how's it feel? Yeah, it's quite surreal. I mean, uh, our fifth win of the season, uh, crazy result from the whole team, but certainly was a, a really tough race and we pulled it off on strategy, running out of fuel on the inlap there. So uh, crazy race, but uh, we got there in the end. So uh, yeah, we couldn't be happier and you know, great job by the whole team. And more importantly, it basically clinches the championship. All you need to do is start Motul, Petit Le Mans, weight off their shoulders. Yeah, 100%. Now we can uh, have some fun, try and do some special things in Petit and uh, hopefully get another win and send this current generation car off with, uh, with a final result. Congrats. Thanks so much. Ran out of fuel on the in-lap and in fact it's been pushed down to Victory Circle now. Now that... That is somebody good on the slide rule for Faf Motorsport. So we've heard from the two uh, leading teams. Let's uh, work out what's happening, at the two winning teams. Let's work out what's happening with Jeremy Shaw in GTD. It was Team Court of Jeremy who came into the weekend uh, with a lead. Their closest contenders were the Heart of Racing 27 team who really ruled the dice. They've ended up with second. Jan Halen and the Wright Motorsports car came alive after that final pit stop and they've ended up with a fifth what does that do to GTD that must be really tight now that it was already tight uh, that gamble has paid off for harder racing team uh, 26 30 points by my reckoning to the 25 85 of team caught off in the Mercedes 25 73 for Wright Motorsports in car number 16 and also you know not too far back Winwood Racing now with the second consecutive win on 24 90 so only 140 points out of the lead so that is absolutely game on going to Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta wow it's going to be one of these where we're going to have to do a matrix, aren't we? We're going to have to do an if-then uh, for that because you could see that changing on the... Uh, you could actually see that changing on the final lap. We've had that before. How close yeah. was that? And, it, and it, in it, manufacturer points too, uh, BMW still lead on 29.72 to the 29.49 of Mercedes... 29-13 for Aston Martin. So uh, Mercedes there getting closer and closer. Still still in, well, no, up into second position now and ahead of Aston Martin. Well, it's going to take a wee while to get the fat Porsche to victory circle because it's not going by Porsche flat six power. Uh, it's going by Faf. Uh, team power at the moment and that is in some ways absolutely appropriate because that was a full team effort Jeremy Shaw to get that driveway Haggerty Faf Porsche uh, to the win strategy great driving 
great pit stops, everything that was in our Porsche keys to the race, they pulled it off. And that is a worthy victory with no fire in the flat six engine. It was that close. Brilliant stuff, Jeremy. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? That was a, that was a tremendous race, I think, from start to finish. Fascinating. Uh, there, was, there was always something interesting going on, different strategies all the way through it. That was a great motor race. Jeremy Shaw was alongside me. John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam was in the pit lane. We're going to hand over the PA here at VIR. And thanks to everybody at PA. Dave Miller, you're a star as ever. Kerrigan, Connie, thank you so much for everything you do for our sport. A particular thank you to all of our camera operators and technicians here at the track and further afield, Charlotte and elsewhere. Uh, and also to Hugh, Curry and Tim uh, over in London who have got our audio to the world. We will continue with some more interviews and your questions. Michelin Post Race Tech starts right now and we'll be back with live coverage next weekend. Porsche Carrera Cup from Indy. And then, of course, it's Motul Patilamon last weekend of August, beginning of September. Make sure you join us on IMSA Radio, on IMSA TV. But for now, from VIR for our international streaming and global TV audience, as well as you on the PA here trackside. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Post Race Tech is next. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.